Hi, everybody. Welcome to another MCU movie of games my mom found. I am Mike Helberton. And who's come to bargain with me tonight? Fluent in Google Translate, Michael K. Hughes. And I'm Bill. Just <laughs> Bill. You know, like, like Adele or Bono or Wong. No? Yeah, that was good. Mr. Dr. Bill. I guess Dr. Bill. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Doctor. Oh, God, that was funny. Okay. That's right. All right, and we are... <laughs> We're tired. That's why was, this intro is not normally up to our caliber, I feel like. I'm just like, what's going on? Where where am I? You don't have caliber. What are you talking about? There are, there are, are gonna... no there are no standards on the show. <laughs> if, if, if you listen to previous, I don't know, 15 in, in our incarnations of this uh, series, you should know that we, uh, we we hold ourselves to literally no standard whatsoever. This is the 14th movie that we're covering for them. Oh, so but hey, we wow. did cover one in between phase one and phase two, so this would be 15, wouldn't it? Okay. We cover, yeah, because there was Spider-Verse and there was also Sin City. Oh, yeah, which would be out by now. Yes, yep. it would. I think you're just trying to forget Sin City happened. Uh, not familiar with that? Yeah. <laughs> that, that game by Maxis back in the day, I love Sin City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, and we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange, the 1978 TV movie. Oh, no. I watched There's the wrong thing. 26, 2016 film. I wanted to make that joke <laughs> with Ben Cumberbatch. I forgot there was a TV movie for it until I was Googling just now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they didn't make a shitty. They, well, I'm assuming it's a shitty movie because it's 1978. But based on the Marvel property. Yeah. No shit. Wow. It's Is back it? when they had the Hulk and all that. Like even one of the Hulk movies had. I'm pretty sure one of the Hulk movies has Doctor Strange in it. Huh. I hope it's as good as the Captain America movie from back then. Oh, God, those are bad. <laughs> A really bad movie. So, all right, enough of that. So we are talking about Doctor Strange 2016 film uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, whoever the hell that is. Yeah, he's he. It's funny. I, I looked him up real quick um, before the show here. He's uh, he's a horror director of all the crazy things. Like he he his main thing. He directs is horror. His first major one was the Exorcism of Emily Rose. So he directed that. And then he did such classes as uh, Sinister and Deliver Us from Evil and wrote a bunch of other stuff, produced a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, he's mainly known for horror. So this is kind of a bit of a left turn for him, even though his writing work has been a little more conventional. So, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. He kind yeah, of looks like Andy McNamara on his IMDb picture. Does he? Oh, yeah. Wow. He does. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess the next Doctor Strange movie probably will be a horror movie, I'm assuming. Well, well he, he is he is not directing that. He is uh, he is produced it, though. He's producing it. Oh, OK. Which means he's basically paying for it. It works so well for X-Men. You might as well just go horror. I do not get that reference. You saw the movie. You're the only one of the three of us that saw oh, it. Oh, New Mutants? <laughs> I forgot that movie existed. Yeah. I was like, I, think, I never saw Dark Phoenix. What are you talking about? I think Fox is trying to forget that movie existed. It got delayed so often. It's not yeah, it's not terrible. All right, enough of that bullshit. <laughs> so I like I like how Doctor Strange starts off. It starts off like kind of so you see a but you see a random librarian putting some books away, you see a bunch of other people heading towards the library. You know, in normal evil guy fashion, where they're all kind of line, you know, kind of lining up to the sides. And if I'm remembering, or this is just three guys that come in this room. No, there's I think several. It's, it's several. There's a bunch, yeah, because they they string them up on the magic on the magic ropes. Yeah, that was that's a little violent when they string him up, and then um, Hannibal comes over with the with the bucket. I'm going to call him Hannibal this whole episode. Mad Mickelson, who plays what the fuck is that guy's name in this? Uh, I keep calling him Master C, and then I just called him Big Bad. 
I, I could not remember his name. I can't remember Kikillus? anybody's name. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell me it's not Kikillus because it's that... some pronunciation of that. It's like I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. We can go I mean, ahead. That works. I would say it's not like we heard it for an entire movie, but you know. I know it's just this. Uh, the names really bounced off of me. In they're this. hard. Yeah, they they're not they're not pleasant. So yeah, Cassilius, I think is how you pronounce yeah, okay. it. I uh, called Hannibal. I just call him Big Bad. So that's so Big Bad comes in with his big swords and lops off his big head. <laughs> yeah, he cuts it off really quick too, and he puts it in a bucket. And I don't know why they put it in a bucket. Well, I mean, you know, to catch the blood. I mean, listen, they're not animals. They're not going to leave entrails <laughs> spewed all over the place. Go in a library, kill the librarian, steal a page from a book. Why not? Oh, is it two pages? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I don't know why he didn't just steal the damn book. That's a very good <laughs> question. I mean, I was thinking maybe throughout I was watching this movie, like, okay, maybe he didn't steal the book because the book has some kind of spell, so the book can't leave or something, but nothing is ever said about why the book doesn't leave. He just didn't take the book. And then they make comments later about how the warnings come after the spell, so they didn't have the warnings. And I'm just like, why didn't you just take the damn book? Well, I guess, <laughs> I guess it's you... a plot device. It is a plot uh, device. Pages are more... Cumberbatch has to, has to discover it later. Right. Exactly. He needs to discover that very same book and then use magic powers to bring back the pages. Yes, exactly. You <clears throat> Which, as, as you do, right? Well, I was also thinking maybe it's just hard to run through the streets of, are they in New York at this point or are they in? That, I thought that was London. I don't remember. I'm, I'm, look, I'm actually watching it right now as we're talking because, right, you, you have Tilda Swatton shows up, who's the ancient one, who then, and then they run through a door and go into another city. I'm looking, I, I can't, I feel like it's London. But I can't tell. Even though I should be able to tell by the cars and what side of the road they're on, but that's not helping yeah, me. Yeah, I don't remember. That's okay. I, I mean, it doesn't really matter so much. They're in either London or, or New York, and <clears throat> like you said, they're running. And I guess it'd be kind of hard to run with a you know an ancient tome under your arm. So they probably figured, let's stuff these pages in my pocket because I mean, there's enough of them. I didn't bring my backpack. So books books are heavy. Books are heavy, especially yeah, especially yeah, ones that are being old and ancient. I just want one little quote that says, "Oh, these books can't leave the something about a spell or something," but. Again, I'm nitpicking. This is Catman Catmandu in uh, Nepal. Yes, apparently. this is deception, oh, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> well, I know they're in Nepal, but that can't be Nepal when they run out the door, can it? Uh, no, they go through one of the portals, so they end okay. up somewhere else. God, I, it looks like London, but I can't tell if because it was none London, of the sign- they should have just been in the London Sanctum then. Yeah, or it's America. It could be America. Uh, I can't. It's, it, it's probably New York. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to look for signs of anything that looks different that would kept that catch my eye, like to d- identify where they're at. Because there's one point in this movie when Doctor Strange is running somewhere, and t- my wife's like, "Well, what city are they in?" And I saw something I'm like, "Yeah, that's New York." And by the way, I just said that the movie was called. Uh, I was referencing Deception. I was actually referencing Inception, the Christopher <laughs> Nolan film. Deception is an erotic thriller that was written directed in 2008. So not that. I was wrong. It's Inception. Not oh, Deception. Inception's all over this movie. Oh God, this is this is <laughs> almost. It's almost like he just lifted the effects and just threw it into this film. Oh, like that that fight scene when the ancient one is fighting Hannibal and his minions, like, and they just start folding buildings and oh, is it? It is awesome. I really, I, I really look at they're running away. They run into a mirror of themselves. And you just start seeing the cracking on the side of this, like what should be empty space in front of them when they realize they're in like this mirror dimension where you can alter it, but it doesn't affect the real world or something. Which is actually like, a really clever device, honestly. I mean, they, and you don't know if this is the mirror dimension. You just think it's some sort of magic barrier. 
I mean, they don't explain it, do they? Until no, later. not no, they. They explain it an hour later. So if you're the viewer, you're kind. I was con- not concerned, but I was like, so wait, is everybody else in this world experiencing the the buildings rolling up like Swiss cake rolls? <laughs> like, is this is this a thing everyone's seeing? And obviously not, but it kind of threw me a little bit out of the fiction. But yeah, it's cool. This is a very cool intro to kind of the powers and what Tilda Swinton can do. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty neat. It is cool. Uh, yeah, I, I also cool. in the comics, the ancient one I want to say was like your st- your stereotypical old Chinese guy, especially because this came out in the seventies. I want to say, and I'm glad they went away with that. They didn't go to, and they went a different route. I, I feel like this is one of those movies that got whitewashing backlash, though, because of that, because he is supposed to be an a- old Asian guy, and they got the mm. Tilda Swinton, who I'm like, <laughs> I, I've, I've seen her in something else with short blonde hair. It turns out it was a she played Gabriel in the Constantine movie. She's done a lot of work, Tilda Swinton. She's an excellent actress. <clears throat> She's been all over everything. She's won some awards, I think. Oh, 1963 is the first appearance of Doctor Strange. Okay. Which I know they were doing LSD during when they were first writing that book. <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure that's an actual fact. Like, they've said, yeah, we were taking LSD and other things while we were while we were making this book. Because I never read any of the original comics. Because 1960 comics are not fun to read. But from the sound of it, they're kind of crazy. I imagine the filmmakers for this were, because those effects... You, you got to be on something to be able to come up with that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. They again, it's it's very effective, and we're, we'll talk. There's one part where it goes too <laughs> too much. It gets it gets insane, and it, it affects the action action that's happening. But at this point, it's cool. You know, it provides a good setting. It provides some just environmental hazards that are um, insane and just visually uh, arresting and and fun. And I, there is a very fun opening intro to not only Miss Swinton but our big bad and kind of what stuff they can do and them kind of trading world bending blows it's pretty it's 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 visually very impressive you know i don't really consider him the big bad i mean i know you're right because he is the I villain guess not. The you're right he, he's not i mean you, you i guess you don't realize you're gonna see the big very over the top evil bad cg monster cg monster yes <laughs> fine i mean i i like doramu because i know him from the comics that's not the doramu i know but i'll take it or Mama okay. just like nearly as cool in this movie as he does in the comics, though. Or Marvel's Capcom Infinite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know that's where you're really going. <laughs> so, and then you first get so after Tilda Swanton ends up, they run away, and she's walking down the street in whatever city she's in. Then the, that's when the movie then cuts back to the first time, you, or not cuts back, the first time you see Benedict Cumberbatch or Doctor Strange. I, you know, this guy is really an asshole when you first meet him. Like maybe not an asshole is the right word, but he's very cocky and very proud of himself. The, the, my the yeah, right word I'm using. He's hell's. <laughs> it's more or less. He's he. No offense to anyone in the medical profession, but he's a surgeon. Surgeons <laughs> are extremely arrogant, and they kind of have to be. All right, they they have to be cool, calm, and collected. And some and a lot of times, in my experience with surgeons, anyway, um, not luckily not personal experience, but just you know, you know, knowing that world a little bit, they're very aloof and they're very cold and they're very just. You know, maybe not as much of an asshole as Mr. Cumberbatch is, but yeah, they, that's kind of just the, the vibe. You know, again, that's what they have to do. They can't get emotionally attached because their job is to, you know, take tiny tweezers and repair heart valves like, you know, incredible amounts of skill. And there's an incredible amount of arrogance and confidence that comes with that. Like, Thank You can't you. doubt yourself if you're sitting there, you know, repairing someone's eye socket or something like you need <laughs> to be confident what you can do or else you're not going to do very well. So I guys, I read it as, as pretty not accurate because, you know, but he is a little over the top uh, jerk. 
they're playing oh, the music okay. and he's like guessing the, the what the song is from and stuff like that like that yes yeah. i was entertained though it was good again it's just showing his character he this is this is routine, whatever he's doing. Um, my wife, um, as this is probably getting released in March, so my my daughter's gonna be, "Hi, daughter, you're six months old." Um, <laughs> it will be March. She was she was born in September and of 2020. And um, we one thing we always commented on is when the surgeon who did my wife's C-section was this guy. Like he was, he came in, he he, he was very happy with himself on his work. <laughs> and he said, oh, "Look, looks like every looks like it was really good. Everything look went well. Thanks. Bye." And like, never asked, like, "How are you feeling? Like, how?" And just no empathy, and kept talking about you know pretty major surgery as if it was you know picking up deli meat from the supermarket. Like, no big deal. I even said he's like, "Oh, I've done thousands of these. I don't worry about it." And we're like, "Hey." But I have to worry about it. This is my abdomen you're slicing into, sir, <laughs> to retrieve my un- my my just born child. Could you pretend like I care and pretend like you care? Like this is a somewhat of a big deal. But yeah, that's just how it is. It's just so for him, I totally buy into him. Just like having his assistant quiz him on Chuck Mangione and uh, his flugelhorn. Like I, I totally buy that for sure. And it's a good introduction. He's got a surgeon's mentality. Okay, you see, thanks to your real-life experience, you're able to add more credibility to this episode. I'm not here just for bad jokes, y'all. I'm not here to do bad single-name jokes, so I'm trying. (laughs) And... I can't. I, I know I'm not the only one. I know Mike is agreeing with me in this. Um. So then, then they introduce Rachel McAdams, and I just love Rachel McAdams. I think oh, she's yeah. just God, beautiful. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, she's I, a gem. I, she's a gem in this movie for sure. She is. I mean, she's a gem in a lot of movies she's in. Like I, I know she's in the Sherlock Holmes movies. I want to say. Yep. She's at a, least the first one. Irene Adler. Yeah, Irene Adler. Yeah, exactly. I really like Man. her in movies, and I like her in this one too a lot. Yep. She's done a, a lot of good work. Yep. And I feel George. like she does a very good job of pulling his character kind of like it, it. I'm trying to think of the right words here. Maybe feel like the character is more like the, the 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 stuff that happens between them feels more earned than it has in other MC movies that we might have watched on the show. Like kissing <laughs> your kissing your love's niece, you know, a little more like this made more sense. <laughs> Don't get me started. Don't get Bill started. Jay. Don't get me started. Listen to that episode. I, I, I like how she, you know, they have this. So they have this guy with a bullet in his head. And again, he's being a cocky bastard. You know, he's like, well, of course he's dying. You left the bullet in him. Like, OK, that I did laugh a little bit at that, even though it's oh, not. Oh, yeah. And so he's doing the surgery on him to save this guy because I guess he could tell that the bullet is hardened. So they must have did blah, blah, blah. And it's poisoning him. Oh, and- man, this movie is 60 percent medical jargon. Like whenever they oh, start yeah. that stuff, I just kind of tuned out. Like, I don't what? OK, I don't <laughs> I don't know much about the medical profession. I know a little because I used to work with people who work in the medical field. And every time we'd have conversations and he'd talk about stuff like he talked about when he had his heart surgery. Since he worked in the field, he picked the surgeon he wanted. He picked the people he wanted because he knew who the best people were for stuff. That's about all I got. Wow. It was yeah. interesting. No, it's good. And this is really showing him. It's showing us that he is miles ahead of everybody in that hospital, right? He is extremely talented and gifted. I, I was still tense when he was pulling out that that bullet. Like, even though I know just from a movie standpoint, he's going to save the day. Like, he's going to. This is him saving the day. I thought it was interesting that this is not really him trying to save this person. This is him trying to prove he can do it. You are like, right. You know, and I and I think there's those are kind of two sides of him that are at war a little bit. The side where he actually cares about the patient he's working on has been stuffed so far down um, in favor of 
this arrogant uh, facade that he needs to put on to do his job well pursuit of knowledge pursuit of medical science so he he but this is very tense like i'm on my edge like oh even when he sorry i I was watching movies we're talking i just caught a scene i didn't catch before after he saves the patient they go and talk to the family when she hugs him it's a very half-ass hug like he could give a shit I didn't catch he, that before. Oh yeah, he can't he can't deal with the the the, the hug that he gets. He kind of side side arms her <laughs> and uh, just gets yeah, gets half hug from her. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Like he doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. This is all about the science and proving he can do these amazing things. It's interesting. It's a good character. It's 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 a it's a very fast setup because this movie has to do a lot of work very quickly. And I like this. And uh, not I you know we didn't do generalities, but I do like the fact that this movie is a side story. I really do like the Marvel side stories. You know, not, not everything has to be 85 superheroes fighting in an <laughs> airport tarmac, right? It's This is a neat little side story that's self-contained, you know, with an open end. Because you know, obviously we know we're going to have this character again. And But this movie has to do a lot of work. It's got to set up this entire mythos of wizards and sorcerers and magic. So anything they can do to establish Doctor Strange as a character fast, do it. And this is very effective. It's it's cementing a lot of things about this character in the space of five minutes. Yeah, because even in like, cause I'm, like I said, I'm watching it. in the first 10 minutes, you have this scene where after the surgery, he's walking with her. And so they kind of they kind of go about their history where that they dated before, how she won't date coworkers. And I, I, there's one very important thing I want to mention, how he tells her to come with this dinner to with their speaking engagement with with him. And he's like, you love speaking engagement. He's like, and she's just like, they were never about us. They were just about you. And I, I like that. I really like the way that because also kind of shows more about the character, but how he is really full of himself, which you already saw, but you see even more about it. I like yeah, that. Agreed. Agreed. It's just, it's just effective character building for both of them. You know, she she's an earnest, wants to save people kind of almost opposites. Right. The opposite two sides of medical, the medical profession. Right. The almost academic surgeon. I want to find the new technique, the new thing that's going to solve this problem. Real thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And she okay. wants to just save the day. Like She just wants to save everyday people. And I think I don't know if it's in this scene or another where he um, or she says something along the lines of or he says something along the lines of I, I can't be in your butcher shop. Yeah, it's that Which scene. sucks. Like, whoa, that's brutal. <laughs> and she's she's like, yeah, yeah, that's hard. Saving other, saving people, real people every day. That's yeah, that's that's a low that's low work. I, I know when this movie yeah. came out, it was compared heavily to Iron Man because this is an intro story. To the, and he's also a dick. <laughs> I mean, I don't see the I don't see it that way. Like I, when I went into this movie on this, on this watch for the show, I was like, OK, I'm going to look for it. And yes, there's some. But. I, at the same time, I would say no, because in Iron Man's case, he's trying to save his life. In this guy's case, he's just trying to make money again. Or just, yeah, just further, further the field. I don't, I, no, I, I, I don't quite see it the same. I think you know, Iron Man or Tony Stark is a, is a war profiteer, right? He's an arrogant warmonger, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Not the warmonger, but, you know, <laughs> this warmonger. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I totally buy that. There's some parallels, I'm sure. You know, the arrogance just, of the character. Yeah, I felt like it was just a thing at the time where we had to compare it to something else just because it's MCU. Like, I now, I mean, God, this movie came out six years ago. And I couldn't really believe that when I was looking this up before the episode. I'm like, this is six years ago? Four, like, what? The, four years four? ago. Four? Oh, my God. Well, 2020 has <laughs> been never ending. Okay, four <laughs> years ago. Yeah, you know, four years makes a lot more sense because I watched it with my wife and we've only been together five years. So it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I don't know where the hell I got six years from just now. But yeah, it doesn't feel like four years ago either. That's what I want to say. Oh, it feels ancient. It, it just... This movie I don't know, is I one guess, of the ancients. 
<laughs> I don't know, but I so okay. I do have a question mainly for Bill because this is New York, and I saw his apartment. All I could think of is got to be really fucking expensive. Uh, beyond 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 the pale. I mean, he doesn't rent <laughs> that. He owns that. He leases that. That's not that's not a rental property that's gonna change hands every every year. <laughs> and I saw that. And I just thought of you right away. I'm like, yep. <laughs> Oh, it's insane. It's successful it's doctor. He's probably got money to burn. Yeah, I think he's doing all right for himself. I, I it's funny, he's this is the I think are we at the part where he's suiting up for his uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's suiting up for his uh, engagement and he pulls out his uh his watch drawer that has probably twenty high end watches, each worth maybe two grand a pop or <laughs> three grand. I don't know. I don't know watches. Uh, spending pedestals. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I, mean, I always I always think it's like a weird thing when people own a lot of watches. Like no one's really looking at your watch. Like that's a thing for for you to enjoy. Which maybe that's another that's signaling of how it's arrogance because a watch is only a thing you look at and go, ah, isn't that nice? So <laughs> no one's looking at your watch going, ooh. So I, yeah, people do that. People will collect watches. Oh, and- I know. Yeah, it's just a weird thing. No offense if you collect watches. You know, do what you want with what you got. But I never understood it. It's, you know, I get it. Shoes are another thing. People look at shoes, but I don't know. Watches are weird. <laughs> I don't know why people collect shoes either. Oh, yeah. Like video games and comics, so I got, I got nothing. <laughs> like I, should. everyone's got their thing. I got, I have about fifteen pairs of shoes, so that's a decent little collection. Yeah, he's uh, he's all tucked up in this. He's got his fancy watch and his fancy car, and I'm like, why isn't Benedict Cumberbatch in line to play the next Bond? And I say, to, I say this to my wife. She very emphatically goes, "Yeah," <laughs> like to the <laughs> point where it startled me. She's like, "I, I never thought of that before." It's a good point. It's uh, he'd be he'd be a very good Bond. I, I, I we didn't really talk about Benedict uh, Cumberbatch so much yet. I, I think I mentioned this in in previous episodes, but I am a I am a pretty big Cumberbitch. I am a big fan of that man with those high English cheekbones, as they say. And I, yeah, he's 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 awesome in this. I wouldn't say awesome. He's very good. There's cracks in it. I, I don't know why I said awesome because he's not awesome. He's very he's good in this, actor, and he's just fun to watch. He's an excellent actor, and and the writer the writers kind of disservice him a little bit at points, but um yeah he's an excellent actor, and uh, you know I, I, after the 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 genius of Sherlock the man can almost do no wrong. So I gotta say something really stupid that I just realized as we were talking. I just realized Regina George and Mean Girls is Rachel McAdams. Yeah, I never realized that. So all of a sudden, just click like oh, oh yeah, huh? I don't know. Yeah. I, it just had that realization as I'm sitting here looking at her <laughs> filmography, and I had to say it on recording. Okay, neat. So she's also in Spotlight, which is an excellent movie if you like watching people in a fluorescent lit room talk about news stories. It's great. Hey, that's a good movie, though. It's fantastic. I really enjoyed it when I watched it randomly on Netflix. Set some point in my life. Anyway, anyway, so then we get uh, him streaming down. I don't know where he ends up because that, again, I know the area. God, does he drive reckless though? Well, yes, it's funny. He goes across, I think that's the George Washington. And then instead of ending up in like Fort Lee or like in a really, let's say, crowded part of New Jersey, he ends up in, I don't know, Montana on this like (laughs) windy road. And I'm looking, I'm like, where's that windy road? I don't know. Maybe. Because you would need mountains for a windy road like that, right? Yeah. And what kind of speaking engagement requires you to go on a windy mountain road? Like, I don't know. Driving like a Lamborghini or something? I don't know what that machine is, but it is. I don't know my cars, unfortunately. It's angular and and and. and but I was, like during this whole part, I'm just watching him like as he's driving. Because I mean, again, I already seen this movie, so I know what's happening. I know where it's coming. But like the way he drives, like he just you're in a little area on a on a curved road with people, one lane going each way, and he's just sitting there going in between people. And I just like no, 
<laughs> nope. <laughs> I I'm a I'm mostly a careful driver. Like I I do have issues sometimes where I like I, I use GPS all the time on my phone, so I have to hold my phone to see the GPS because I'm bl- I can't do it otherwise. If the GPS tells me turn left, it's never gonna happen. I I've tried. I just I have to see it. And like when that when that scene when he looks at his phone just a little bit too long, like he looks at his phone, looks up, looks back at his phone, doesn't leave his phone. I'm like, yep, you're done. And just. And that, that hit me a little bit because I'm I'm always like I'm one of those people like I look at my GPS but I always do my best to be very very careful never to look longer never to look longer than like a, than what you would look at your mirror it's got to be a brief doom and back never more than that. Well, a couple things here, uh, Mike. A, you do realize they make little things for cars where it'll hold your phone for you. <laughs> like you don't need yeah, to sit there with it in your hands. I I tried. I can never my it never seems to work for me. But I bought a couple oh. of years. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a science we have called hands free. <laughs> I, I never hold my phone in the car. I never, it's all right. It's, I've done it too. It's fine. Yeah, he, I I always and this is another extension of his character. He's a surgeon. He he can threat. He, listen, he can repair someone's colon. You know, while talking about you know obscure jazz musicians, he can absolutely thread the needle on a highway. You know, he's he's a, he's arrogant. That's what it is. And it's also really cementing him as a jerk. One thing we didn't we papered over is as he's driving, he's essentially just talking about you know his assistant. I guess is saying, hey, I have this patient. And he's like, no boring and then he talks about somebody with lightning infused with lightning who is that thor like who's he talking about in that last i don't know i didn't think that can't be thor because i mean interesting i didn't catch that and i'm not catch that either time watching this because he talked about someone who's infused with lightning and he he, his answer is ooh, interesting (laughs) right um uh, Michael, what do you think about the the moment when he he clips the the driver and careens uh, off of the? And then we get the, the slow clip. motion crash. Yeah, like when that dashboard curves in over his hands, like I got yes. sympathy pain just watching that. It's like, yeah. it's no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> stop it. Stop, stop, movie. You've gone too far. Oh, that's the oh whole god, and it gets worse. It doesn't stop. He, uh, he, he does not uh, stop spinning and careening and that beautiful vehicle is just in a shambles man it's it's rough it's 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 visceral and it i remember the first time i saw it it punched me hard like boom i i think they're referencing living lightning i'm guessing because i searched what you just said in google and it's somebody from the west coast avengers i don't know if that's who they were actually referencing but that's what came up i'll accept it as truth yeah could be electro that's a thing <laughs> okay I don't, I don't know what that is He's a super Spider-Man villain who's never appeared in a movie, unfortunately. No, nope, certainly Bird. not by the same actor. About to do it again. <laughs> All right. So, so and yeah. after that car accident is so brutal, though. Like, oh man, it. That's like Mike was saying. It just. Ugh. It's worse when he wakes up and he's got all those pins in his hands. It's like, that's oh, so I had a scary, really I, hard time looking at that. Yep. I can't imagine waking up like that and just seeing your hands like that. Like, ah. Uh, uh, it's making me shudder just thinking about it. And I'm watching acting, it right now as we're talking. It's, just, it's brutal looking. And his acting in this is fantastic. The way he, the realization, the the anger, the panic in his face that he realizes. Because he knows. He sees that and his medical brain knows exactly what that means. And it's just, he understands that he's probably never going to practice medicine again. The, the it's a very is, though, powerful scene. That I took is even though he can't practice medicine with that brain that he has and that experience, he could easily get a job on a board or something like that. I feel like easily. Yeah. He is born a surgeon. That yep. is what he does. That's okay. it. He's trained his entire life to be that person. And I know. Just that's from, I guess my brain went like you can still work. Like you can still do. 
but I'm also a very adaptable type of person. Like, if you put me in a situation, I just will adapt because it's just what I do. Apparently, I found out. Well, that's a uh, Rachel McAdams plays Christine, so I'll try to refer to her as her actual. Um, Not hottie, it's like I did in all my notes. <laughs> I don't know. I really, li- I really like Rachel McAdams. I just think she, I, very, I don't know. She's a very attractive woman. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But there's certain women in, act- in, in, in there's certain women in Hollywood that just really like. I'm just like God. They are beautiful. Uh, Kate Beckinsale is another one that I just oh, yeah easily. There's only a couple. But there's a certain one. Rachel McAdams, one of those that I'm just like. I'll watch movie she's in just because. Uh, so Mike, should, should we call it now? We're doing a we're doing Underworld for this Booktober. Yeah right. Yeah <laughs> I right. Don't want to. Underworld, yeah. So between Scarlett Johansson and Rachel McAdams, you're a good egg, Mike. I tell you, you are unabashed. In, yeah. in... Hey, I'm almost tempted to watch that stupid high school movie with Scarlett Johansson. I didn't even know existed. That might it's like, well, have you ever seen this? And I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, the perfect score. It's not bad. You can, watch, in it too. You, you can watch the animated film Sing. She plays a punk rock uh, porcupine. Yeah. A few times. Yeah. Good movie. Oh, it's, actually, good movie. it's okay. It's fine. My wife likes it. That's all I've seen it. I listen to this soundtrack every day while taking <laughs> my kids to school. Every day. Sing songs. Okay. I want, nah. the, I want the gorilla. All right. At least it's the good one. There's, there's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so after he gets injured and he tries, he, he's trying some experimental procedures. You see him in a room and he's like, you know, it'll be expensive. Like, I don't care. I mean, I don't know. It's like he had a lot of money. So I guess he didn't really see it as him, you know, losing anything. Plus, you know, he's trying to get back. Like you said, he's born to be a surgeon. That's all he wants back is to be a surgeon. And I, I think there's one thing that's very well, one that, you know, moves the plot forward, but also kind of helps grow the character, too, is when he's in the rehab with a guy. And he doesn't call the guy by whatever his name. He calls him bachelor degree guy or something. Oh, God, what an asshole, man. <laughs> I get it. You're struggling, but boof, he, he throws some barbs out here in this in this beginning. That's wow. Like, out. But it leads and- to you know, the, the rest of the plot movie because he calls him because he didn't insult him and he's, and he's kind of, you know, a dick to him. And they're talking about this guy that he met that, you know, had spine injury, but then was able to walk later on. And he's like, I'll have to dig in the record, but to prove you wrong, it'll be worth it. Like, I, I again, it, you know, it, moves, it also shows like this guy is a fucking asshole. I like the, the time lapse here, too, because he wakes up with the beard and then Rachel McAdams helps him shave it. And then he's got it again to show how much time has passed. And then that time he apparently that. spent Excellent all of his point. money on trying to yeah, fix this his, thing. His house, and, I was going to say apartment, but that's not an apartment. His, whatever the hell this is, his condo has a lot less furniture in it and is way empty by the time you see him the next time with Christine. And, and I think there's a, there's a moment because in, in the beginning when you're first introduced to his, to his uh, palace that he, that he resides in, like all his awards are on the th- shelf. I could have sworn there's less the next time they pan across huh. that, like almost he's selling the awards, you know, like the actual statuettes to, or, you know, hawking them or pawning them, you know, um, I'd have to, I'd love to look at it again side by side to see if that's exact, if that's indeed what my brain um, registered, but this is powerful. He, even Rachel McAdams to a lot of, a lot through this, she goes, she tells him, like you said, Mike, you can do something else with your mind. You can make a difference in a lot yeah, of different and- ways, but he doesn't care. He's like, I am, I want to be a surgeon. Now I'm going to go through every experimental thing to make that happen i don't know i mean i guess because like i said i adapt but also like my brain was just thinking like you still have the ability to make money and survive but then again i have kind of like there's that like survival instinct i think that i don't know if people have because i met some people that are dumb but <laughs> and uh, that's all i can think of that's why i came my mind was dumb but it's just it's kind of kind of kind of see it where like he's he's refusing to see what he should do and he's spending all his effort and time and especially like you like mike said with the time lapse 
on trying to do something that's not possible because, like, as Bill said, he's born to be a certain, all he wants to do, where I'm just like, fucker, you do something else. Like, you're smart. Do this. You'll make, you make, you know, but then my survival instinct is kicking in. Not, I'm being stubborn and stupid. No, that's how I took it. Yeah. Yep. No. I, I do love the, the, this part with Rachel McKay. Okay, so after you have time lapse, he's running out of money. He talks about he needs a small loan of 200000 I'm just like, yeah, small loan. Okay. <laughs> Almost how much my that's mostly what my house cost me, but I'm just like, but I guess when in that world, if you were making that kind of money, like he was making, that probably is a small loan because he probably was. I mean, I don't know what surgeons make, but I'm sure it's really good money. I mean, I don't know. That seems kind of outsized, but I mean, yeah, obviously, again, it's showing he's probably a multimillionaire, you know, um, a celebrated surgeon who's done amazing work. I I don't know what the pay scale is. I don't know what the going rate for a world class surgeon. Okay, in Minnesota, which is not the state he's in, an annual salary of an average general surgeon is 323000 Okay, well, there you and go. New York has got to be... Oh. Okay, New York is 350000 but this also, this guy would be a award-winning type, you know, thing. So, oh, yeah, 400 some thousand, it looks like. It's still a nice chunk of change. He'd been doing his entire life and all that. I mean, yeah, I can see. I mean, I can see that. Right? Obviously, he's also very, very flippant. You know, Christine tells him, like, look, you spend money the second you get it, right? Like, uh, it's not surprising that you can't swing these crazy. And she, this is the point where she says, look, maybe you should just give up. Like, maybe this can't be fixed. And we need to think about the next phase of your life. And this is when he flips. Oh, man. And, and is as brutal as humanly possible. Michael, did you, what did you, man? Oof. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a hard scene to watch. Like, cause she comes in and, uh, trying to be all sympathetic and you expect him to, to kind of go for it. And I think he even comments, like, is this where I'm supposed to say sorry or something like that? He just berates her and sends her out the door. Am I one of your charity cases? Yeah. You know? like it's so good. And it's just so powerful. Like, it really just shows, like, he doesn't even give a shit. He's like, we were barely lovers. And he just... But at the same time, the later on, the one watch he keeps is the watch from her. So it's just like he's just angry. So he lashes out at the at the one person that still cares because he hates himself. That's how I kind of took it, too. Yeah. Stuffing down those feelings. It's really powerful, though. And she leaves. She goes. And, and her reaction, again, a great piece of acting on her part. Very minimal, but really good. She's clearly hurt. But she goes, OK, I give up. Fine. Do it yourself then. And she leaves. You hear the kachunk of her slamming down his key. She's done. Yeah, that's really powerful. Ugh. And I, I, one thing I kind of I like that because any when when the keys drop, like you know, that's the end. Like that's any type of relationship that that you that anybody have. I'm sure people have had that moment where you just drop, like you're just done. The person gives you their your keys back, like we're done. Like we're not coming back. I speak from experience too. With something. Oh yeah, but, I've had, I had that moment. <laughs> I had a similar moment. A very very quick story. I used to work at a as a traveling trainer, and, and the company I, I worked for would buy out these roofing and siding companies all over the country. And then I would go to that city slash state and live there for four to five weeks to teach them how to do their jobs again because we just acquired them. And there was one branch I was at. It was in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and. It was this tiny little branch with three people in it. It was a branch manager, a guy at the counter, and the guy who ran the trucks. who dispatched the trucks. And the branch manager did everything. They had no computer system. They had nothing. This guy knew all the prices, the customers. Then he goes to me, Bill, I got to tell you, you're a nice guy and all, but I don't, I don't feel like doing this anymore. I quit. <laughs> what? And he, he's like, ah, I quit. I'm sorry. And he throws his coffee cup in the garbage. Like, he has his coffee cup. And he throws it. And when he leaves, the counter guy goes, Bill, he's serious. He threw away his coffee cup. <laughs> that, that means he's serious. 
And the guy had been there 20 years. He got a big payout because he was a part owner. And he just said, screw it. I don't want to deal with it. So that was my experience of the proverbial keys on the on the counter was the coffee cup in the, in the garbage. <laughs> Mine was when I broke up with my very toxic relationship I had with this girl. And she wouldn't give my keys back. Like I was trying to get my keys back for like over two months. She would not mail them, would not see me. Kept saying, oh, the mail rejected it. Oh, the mailman wouldn't take it. Oh, they said I can't. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. So finally, after two months, we find, I finally was able to meet her at a Perkins and I remember when we had barely talked, our relationship was it was done. Well, it doesn't help that, you know, she was married, too. But that's a whole nother story. And <laughs> a very bad relationship. But so finally, I remember I got my keys back. I drank my orange juice, paid for my orange juice, didn't pay for her meal. And I just left. And then we we didn't speak again. Does she realize that you work in shipping? Like, you know, exactly. <laughs> at, the time. at the time I did. Okay. Okay, okay. Because I'm like, you would have known exactly how much that thing would have cost to overnight it to, to you. Like, oh, yeah. No, if you got, I... Listen, lady, if you got like five <laughs> bucks in your pocket, like you could get that to me in three days. Like, that was FedEx. But <laughs> I, yeah, no, she, she, um, I worked at Samsung at the time. But yeah, we just were not. Well, a lot of was she didn't want to end it. Even though she was marrying whatever the hell this was, she didn't want to let it go. And she knew once the keys were done, it was over. Because that was the last thing she had that was keeping us even really being in contact at that point. And so that's kind of how I, that's why that scene hits me a little more too. Because I, I understand the, the meaning of why she does that. Yeah. Hey, Michael, do you have any heartbreaking tales of uh, disastrous <laughs> relationships you wish to share? <laughs> sure don't. <laughs> All right. Great. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I got a coffee cup. Mike's got a, got a missing, <sighs> missing keys. And Michael's like, Things been good. <laughs> but I drank my orange juice. I'll never forget that. I because I normally would always pay for her meals, and I remember I drank my orange juice. I didn't pay for her meal on purpose, and I just left. <laughs> I always remember that. Anyway, enjoy so your goddamn cupcakes. So this is after after Rachel McAdams leaves Hottie. Uh, that's when he gets he finds a letter like where the guy. The guy from early the bachelor degree guy had sent him the files of this guy that was walking all of a sudden that shouldn't have been able to walk. And all I could think of myself was, how illegal is that what he just did? Yeah, he's not getting that mm. file back. <laughs> 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 he's not. Yeah, that was a poor idea. I, yeah, but it was kind of like a, hey, told you so. It's a device. Moving I on. know, but I just I just because I, I just think about that. Like, yeah, that's a that's a that's a lot. Of, a lot of laws there you broke, sir. Yeah, that's someone's personal medical file that you just gave out. And they're not even copies either. Like, I mean, I would, I, I see those are, those are, those look like, you know, the originals are type things. I mean, he didn't go to a, he didn't go to a Kinko's and make copies. I can tell you that. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny too. Yeah. And so then he, after, uh, it tracks the guy down, you know, and at the basketball court and confronts him. <sighs> My wife, she's like, Hey, this is the guy from Catwoman. I'm like, why do you know that? <laughs> wow. I've never seen Catwoman. So I wouldn't have made that uh, association. Why did she watch Catwoman? I don't know. Why would anybody know. watch Catwoman? <laughs> I mean, I love DC movies in some reason. I, and I love comic book movies. I've never seen Catwoman. Well, we, we do have a podcast series that's uh, films about superheroes. So yeah, maybe that's in our future. Yeah, there's we'll a lot of other we'll take ones a little that tour of uh, late 90s, that. early 2000s superhero movies. I mean, there's Daredevil. Robin, here we come. <laughs> that movie's terrible, too. Oh, but yeah, I never. OK, that'd be the only way I would ever watch Catwoman would be for this show. But so when he when he does find that guy from Catwoman and he's talking to him and he goes on about how, you know, he got his body healed and he went to and he and that's when he tells him where to go in Nepal. He says, I don't know if he says Nepal or he says the name of the place. Maybe he says Nepal, too. It's just the name of the place. Katamash. I think it's it's how it's pronounced. I guess um, he does have Google. Yeah, I mean, you can find that out pretty quick. It's it's interesting. I like this, though. I like how he goes there. Like, you know, this guy tells him and then the guy goes right back playing basketball. Jonathan Pangborn is this character's name. Like, that's, that's not a real name, right? No, that can't be. 
All I think about when he went to, you know, Kathmandu, Nepal, well, when I think of Nepal, I think of one movie in particular, but that took place in the 1930s. Or no, yeah, late 1930s. I got nothing. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Takes place in oh, Nepal. Okay. Okay. Oh, right, 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 right. Yep. That's what came to my head, and I was going to make a joke about the drinking, and my wife's like, that is stupid. So, <laughs> I tell story. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Obviously, it would have landed super well with your audience here. <laughs> yes, it would. Somebody would have got it out there. Somebody would have laughed. Because, I mean, I, I I don't know, just me, whenever I, because maybe I watch Indiana Jones way too many times, anytime I hear Nepal, first thing pops my mind is drinking at a bar and trying to get a medallion. Just does. <laughs> So, when, and then it, then it jumps to Benedict Cumberbatch. He's in Nepal. He's walking around. He's asking people about this place, Kamar, to, 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 whatever the hell it's called. And <laughs> you see, it's, I think it's also interesting because I, I know for a, Benedict, at some point, Benedict Cumberbatch did actually travel in Tibet and stuff as a, like, and did something like that. He went on his own pilgrimage at one point in his life. Oh, as a, as a, as a human being, I, yeah. I could see that. Sure. Yeah, he, he, I don't remember if it's like way earlier in his career. I don't think, I don't think it was for this movie. I think it was long before this movie. I think it was just something he did because he could. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would love to go to Tibet, but that's not a good idea. So that's neither here nor there. But I, I just thought that was interesting. That's one reason why he got this part too. And was so interested in it because he had kind of a, you know, personal experience too. To add to it. And then this is also when you see him in the alley when he's he's trying to find the place. He gets confronted by a bunch of thugs and, and they want his watch. And he's like, that's all I have left. And I think that's interesting, too, when you kind of find out that is the watch that Rachel had given him or Christine. <laughs> she gave him the watch and he kept he, that's the only thing he kept. He sold everything else, got rid of everything, but he kept the watch to show that somewhere deep down he actually does care. And I and this is also when Baron Mondo shows up, which you don't know if Baron Mondo, but this guy Mordo. shows up and just beats shit out of the thug. Did I say his name wrong? Mordo. Yeah, Mordo. Um, do you guys either guys know who Baron Mordo is from the comics? Uh, I only know it because of the Spider-Man cartoon. Whenever Dormammu is a thing, Baron Mordo is there too. So I was like, hey, I know that name. This guy's gonna be an asshole at some point. Yeah. No, okay. I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, obviously, I know nothing about comic books, so. I know they exist. That's about the end of it. <laughs> so I had no idea. I just thought he was, um, you know, a good bro. So cool. But then, of course, at the very, very end, we learned that he breaks bad, which is actually very good. So, yeah, uh, Mordo played played by played by actor's name. I'll never pronounce properly. Oh no, got, no I was about to try, and then I decided again. <laughs> I'm gonna try it. Chiwetel Eljafor. Chiwetel Eljafor. Maybe he's right. he's a uh, well known from um, Twelve Years a Slave. Was his. Good actor. Big breakout. Excellent actor. Yes. And and also like with I thought another thing that was kind of cool that I want to bring up is Baron Mortal in the comics is a white guy. So I was glad to see that they went a different direction with it and didn't whitewash it or didn't leave it the way because it doesn't need to be. It works whoever you put in there. I thought I like that. You have enough white people in this movie, so <laughs> sure do. So I was I, I was a little a small thing, but I do like it when they do they do this with characters, especially when it works, because if I remember correctly, Mortal is just some you know a sorcerer. So it makes sense that you're going to have people of all different races and, and ethnics that come from different countries, not just all, we're all from America. You know? Yeah. Because no. it's not 1960 comic anymore. <laughs> it is good. It is good. Yeah. And I like when he comes into the, he, so he come, they bring him into the sanctuary. He's walking around and, you know, to meet the ancient one. He sees this old, white, old Chinese guy, which I thought was kind of funny. He starts talking <laughs> Very good. the ancient one, and it's not. <laughs> She's like, well, you're welcome. <laughs> Is he end up playing off the stereotypes of seeing one too many kung fu movies? Is, oh, clearly, Asian man with a giant beard is <laughs> sitting cross-legged reading something. Clearly, you're the ancient. Oh, okay. It's, it's Ball Tilda Swinton. 
I, I like how they use Tilda Swanton. I also, I, I want to say part of, like, because she, she comes off very non-binary in this movie, too. Because you can't really tell that she, like, I mean, you can tell she's female. Of course, we know who she is also. But, like, that, that idea that she's neither female nor male they were kind of going for, I felt. Which I, I thought works good in this movie, too. Yeah. I, I want to say that's why they did it for. I, I could be wrong, but I feel like that was something that was mentioned about it when they when they casted her. And, like, huh. they were going they were going for someone that would look, my, you know, non-binary because of the ancient one. Interesting. I, I could. That's that's cool if that's the case. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. I buy that. I feel like I read that somewhere. Trust everything you read. Everything you read, <laughs> sir. I feel like I read it was like something like a publication like back before this movie came out, like from like actual, you know, not Fox yeah. News. It. But, oh God. It. It. <laughs> wow. We're recording this uh, in the midst of the election. That's that's we're never going to end. So we're in day, day five, five of the election. Yeah. Day five. <laughs> day five of election day is what. Yeah. Day five. Yeah. Election. Election <laughs> month. That's cool though. If that's the case, then that's really that's really a very interesting choice and good for them. That's great. Yeah. I. I I, I if that's the reasoning, that's what I assume it is from what I remember reading or I think I read. I it makes me like it a lot more because one, she's a great actress, but two, like she really works in this part. Like when she's talking to him and he's talking about medical and he's like, oh, you found a way to, you know, fuse cells and do this. And he's like, oh, so that's why you're working out here in the middle of nowhere. So the people can't, you know, can't judge you and they can't. And, you know, she's like, no, nah, not really. Like, I, I like all that. Yeah, we get more medical jargon here. He's fine. <laughs> Which is fine. Again, I actually don't. I actually don't mind the medical jargon, even if it's it hasn't much context. And he's talking about cell regeneration, and and he's all excited. There's like there's science here. That's hidden science, and I can help because my brain is great. And she's like, no, no, no. I, he was healed through belief. <laughs> to which he goes onto a tear and says, "That's nonsense. We are we are just." Which is actually a great line. That's a uh, that's called back. It's called back later on. When well, they say we are just before. matter that's here, an insignificant matter that's just here for a moment, and blah 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 blah. She pulls so. out the book about acupuncture and the chakras and everything like that, and that's when he get that's when he gets really upset because then he thinks she's full of shit. <laughs> he like, has a really good line. I don't know if you were gonna say this, Michael. Go ahead. So what do you think about this map? He's like, Oh yeah, I saw that in a gift shop. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty Something great. Like <laughs> yep. Yep. Kind of like when she throws that back. In his face at the end of this scene too. <laughs> yep. So then she he punches she punches him into an out of body experience. Yes, that that is cool. That, I I like how they get kind of because he doesn't believe her. He thinks she's all full of shit. And then when she pushes him out of his you know and he sees the astro because he just tells her no such thing as spirit. Like you were saying, made a matter and nothing more. And then that's when she does it. And he has that great comment. He goes, "What's in this tea?" <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. I like that. I mean, that makes sense. If someone from the medical profession, that's what would go, you know, that's what they would think. They would think, well, you must have drugged me because this is impossible. Right. No, that's fine. Exactly. Who, who would, I would, no one, no one be like, oh, okay. This is an out of body experience. I've seen Dr. Strange. I'm pretty sure this is an out of body experience. No, everyone would be just confused and brain broken. And then she pretend proceeds to brain blast him into a tripped out yeah. stratosphere. And then she puts something in all of our tea. <laughs> yes. I, I could have done without this part. I like the astral dimension part. I'm not so crazy about the, we just took LSD part, but it you know. is. So, yeah, go ahead. While he's floating around between realms, she's kind of giving the whole rundown of, Hey, there's multiple dimensions out there. Not just ours. I swear. One of these is the, the quantum realm. From Ant Man. Oh, maybe I didn't. I didn't catch that. Huh? Huh? I, I, I don't know. They, they all look kind of similar. Well, that's. <clears throat> well, yeah, they're it. all just bright Technicolor. You know, just neon-y. giant neon dust motes. 
Yes, exactly. They yes. definitely show Dormammu in one of them, if I remember correctly, or they show yeah, his you, work. You do see Dormammu for like a brief. Yes, yes, you do. Second, and uh, you also my favorite ones. If you want to take a guess? My favorite little. Oh, I'm gonna was? go with the hands on hands on hands. Yup, baby <laughs> oh hands God. on fingers mm. on hands. That is very very scary. As, it's weird. And now that I realize he's a horror director, that makes a lot of sense. There's a few yes, things in this right. film that make a lot of sense because it's very, very horror framed. And that is one of them. Oof, I love that. Good. You have like all pants. like these bodies moving across the Yeah, it's very, very horror. Oh, and Mike, you're right. It is a, I'm pretty sure it is the quantum realm in one of those little scenes. Well, they knew they were going to come back to it because apparently they set up uh, Janet somewhere in the quantum realm at the end of Ant-Man. So they knew they were going to come back to it at some point. Yeah, no, that was all planned. Like they they knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, All the MCU was already kind of written ahead of time. It was all planned out. And again, as I always like to say, the some studio head from Marvel was like looking over his shoulder when writing it. And it's like, huh, quantum realm. Got to be there. Got to put well, it. I don't really, know if it really meets, meets the thematically. Put it in. I prefer <laughs> series movies. I'm not exactly, you know, a, a, a you know real thrill when you plan out a great first movie of a trilogy. The second movie is written by somebody else that has nothing to do, and they go to a casino, and then the third movie goes back to the first movie, forgets the second movie even happened. I don't really like trilogies like that. Oh no, really? Huh? Hmm. Well, that's, that's 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 a shame because there's a trilogy. Yeah, I know. Um, I get. I get I the know. reference. <laughs> I, one day, one day we should we should explore that that time that well road well worn road. Of Star I, I do Wars. want to. That really doesn't need to be explored anymore. We can just all admit it's fine. <laughs> like, we already not... covered holiday special on this podcast. You never have to see that movie in your life. You never. Oh, and I Michael, this is this is side story. From what I can gather from some of the episodes I've listened to, you you don't really know much about Star Wars, do you? No, I really don't. I've seen Good. the first seven, and that's pretty much it. Excellent. I think that would actually be really fun. <laughs> not the show prep or anything during our show, but uh, yeah, I like that. I don't. I Star Wars. I don't think I'm a fan. We could lay out Mike's love for Phantom Menace. Just yes. all out on the table. That's going to happen one day. But so anyway, after. Sorry, that's the side story. <laughs> after this whole scene, I like how she, I like how then he finally realizes she's not full of shit. He's like, teach me. And then he runs up to the door, bangs on the door. And again, he hurts his hand because earlier he punches a guy and hurts his hand. So I thought that was kind of cool, too. Reminding us because we don't see his hands. Reminding us he's still injured and they're still weak. That's very good. Um, kicks him out. No. <laughs> Kicks him out of the door in a very comic-y, uh, comic booky style. Um, and then he yeah. proceeds to sit by the door and pound on it for the next, you know, 12 hours. It's like my wife says he wants to learn for the wrong reasons. He wants to learn to, to help himself. Right. All he yeah. wants to do is kill himself. Correct. And I, I like how the reason she doesn't want to teach him at first because she that he reminds her of Hannibal. Or Mad Mickelson. Oh. I'm not going to call him whatever the hell his name is. And I, and I like that because in the early part of this movie, you see how he turned. So she's worried about who she's going to train and even here they talk about with baron mordo where or mondo to help mordo where mordo. he's talking about his own demons like that she helped him learn to defeat his demons she's like we only learned a little above them very yeah. very good she's full of good wisdom and, and good mysticism and the occasional fortune cookie uh <laughs> comment but uh yeah she's she's yeah it's it's very interesting yeah you we're learning it we don't get rid of our demons we just kind of quell them right or or silence the voices so it's good. I like that Mordo is the one that convinces her to take him back in, though. Yes, interesting. Because Mordo is become is going to become his villain at some point in this, and so that is that is cool. And I also like he has nowhere else to go. He spent his last month, all his money left, just to get here. So he's done. 
And there's a little scene when they when more when Mortal pulls him in there, taking him to his room, and he hands him a little business card, and it says like Shum, Shum, something like that. Yeah. And he's like, "What is this?" And he's like, it's "The Wi-Fi password. We're not." Yeah, it's, it's like, "Is this my my mantra?" <laughs> no, it's a Wi-Fi password. We're not savages. <laughs> it's a, very funny. What the better bits in this in this movie? There's a couple of really good ones, and that's that's one of them. It's very funny. But I also was wondering, like, does he have a phone? Does he have anything to use at this point? Uh, it's just a joke. Just, I know. I, I like the joke. I was just thinking about that myself. Like, huh? Does he have a, I mean, he has a computer later on because he's Googling. Yeah. He's emailing her. So they have yeah, access. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he had you know, a phone earlier in the movie, but I don't think it was a smartphone. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in Mike's world, this was 2014, but smartphones were around then. <laughs> yeah, 2016 should have been everywhere. If it, especially if you're a, you know making fucking 400000 or more, like 500000 a year. Yeah, you'd have a smartphone just fine. So I, I also yeah. like the train. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, you're good. The tra- I think everything like when when they have like the conversation between him and Tilda, and she's talking about how to you know how to do this, and I I like all that. I like all the the mumble jumble of this movie a lot. <laughs> mumbo jumbo. It's good. It's good exposition, right? She's you know expositing what what the so what the deal is. You know, harnessing energy and you know we, we cast spells. And, I didn't uh, catch how many times they say multiverse in this movie. The first time, I, the other times I watched. Yes. Because the next movie is called, is going to be called the Multiverse of Madness, and I mean I know enough about Marvel comics. I know what the multiverse is, but I just don't think about it. But I think it's just so cool how they're setting so many things up in this movie that I didn't catch when I first saw this. Yeah, and it's also really neat to see him failing at something and just not being as good as everyone else. Because again, up to this point, you've seen him just be extremely successful and capable, especially with his hands and. He he cannot make that little circle happen like his like his classmates can. Uh, really cool. It's a good uh, stripping down moment of his skills. You know, kind of stripping him down so he can then be built back up as the Doctor Strange. So and she really tough. hits him when she says because he's like, how do I get from here to there? And he's like, how? She's like, how did you put back together a spy? And he's like, years of study and practice. She's like, well, there you go. Yeah. I like how it gives him something he understands. He knows how to study. He knows how to practice. Like that. That gets him going. Is this before Everest? Yes, this is. Okay. He has this. Then you have the the joke where he goes to meet Wong. <laughs> Wong. Wong is great in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he is great. He's much needed uh, as not just comic relief, but also a really like a tent pole, like a good solid rock for um, for Strange to play off of, you know, and learn from, you know, an example of the prototypical mystical soldier almost. Um, he's great. Really fun. This is where uh, Bill's intro joke came from, where it's like Wong, <laughs> just just Wong, like like Cher, Beyonce. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Very yeah, no fiance. She's a huge star. And this is also when he asks him if he can read Sanskrit, and he's like, well, I'm Google Translate. I can use Google Translate. <laughs> Flew in Google Translate. <laughs> I do like that. And I also, I did have a question, though, that I wanted to ask you guys. So he sees the Ancient One's private collection, which has the book that was stolen in this early part of the movie. He just takes it off the thing. Like, you th- wouldn't there be some kind of spell or something stopping you from just picking up the book? It would have stopped the villains at the beginning of the movie, though. Right. Can't have You're that. Right. Right, know, exactly. It just, it just hit me like you have these ancient books with these powerful spells, and all you have is one old guy protecting them. Uh, yeah. I mean, Wong does say how super advanced they are that even they have trouble understanding it. Yeah. I yeah. Guess. I don't know. It just it just kind of got me. Like you think after they gotten stolen, you would have put something there to do something. 
Yeah, it, it was very strange. And I thought the same strange. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they um they it was very bizarre that that he was able to walk up and snag this ancient tome. It was also bizarre that the that Wong just lets him into the into the good section, into like yeah. the big boy section. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think you're ready. I thought and, he had to get the cape of invisibility to get in there after the after the school. <laughs> well, yeah, while he's, while he's listening to Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> but uh it's oh, that's a Harry Potter reference. Yeah. Oh, is that is that what that is? That was that was a joke. The joke was going, yes. <laughs> ah, I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, I, okay, okay. I it took me it took me a second. Okay, I've I think seen from the first movie. Movies. I think. yeah, it's the first one. Okay, it's been a long time since I've seen any of those. But no, I mean he takes so he takes back the the forbidden book that should have been locked up in a safe, puts the book back, <laughs> and it just kind of hit me like you know you think and then he even said make time like no book will leave when I'm here, and I'm like no book did leave, buddy. They just stole two pages and left. <laughs> it's fair, right? Right, oh. it's very fair. Found your loophole, Wong. And then when you see Hannibal again, the next scene jumps to Hannibal. He's going to be Hannibal rest of this movie. Um, he has the mark of Doramu on his forehead now, and everyone does. So they've been using the magic now for a little while to receive the power. And I think it's interesting that the whole reason that they're doing this is because they want internal life, and by working with Doramu, you get internal life. Is what they're up to. But you start to get a lot of eyeshadow problems too when you follow Doramu. <laughs> Shadow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just fine. It's just evil people summoning spells. Okay, I yeah. like just bridging the gaps. So I mean, Mad Mickelson is just an amazing actor. Yeah, he's very so, good. And the and like the special effects this movie with the floors moving and everything happening. It's just I I really enjoy it. And I also like their motivation that they want internal life. They feel like the ancient one has lied to them and told them that they should stay away from Doramu, and that's why they're going to him. There's also a real powerful scene I didn't catch here at first. When they're in the church, when they first summon Doramu, he's able to start moving the church around like he did in the mirror world, but he's not in the mirror world showing that he can now control reality. Right. Which I did not catch when I watched this two days ago. Yeah, because I think later on the Asian one points that out. But you think that's a good enough power. You don't need eternal life. I mean, that's pretty sweet. So I, so this is all. And the next part you have is that they're in the training and they're using the sling rings to open portals. And I'm thinking to myself, like, they don't. Because if I remember correctly, later on, he doesn't need that anymore to open portals, nor does whoever the Sorcerer Supreme is. <sighs> it's a pretty big, pretty big uh, plot point because he loses it at one point, too. Yeah. And uh, when I don't think we're there yet, when uh, Ancient One shows him the mirror dimension, she's like, make sure you don't lose your your sling ring or you're stuck here. Yep. Yeah, she, That's a little which, bit later, yeah. Which is interesting. I, it's funny because I, I agree with you. I felt like, hey, do you really need that thing? Is it is it kind of like the Schwartz in uh, in Spaceballs, <laughs> where if you lose the ring, like your your bone, and then he goes, no, 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 you don't, you don't need it. So, um, I, 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 but no, you do need you do need that that mystical little object to to do it. And they have a I bunch like of them. I wonder where they get those mass produced. Yeah, sitting around. <laughs> I like the joke where he's like, my hands, I, I, I can't do it. I don't have my hands don't work. And then the guy comes over that you saw earlier, the the old Chinese guy, and he has no hand, and he does a spell just fine. I, I like that, where she's where like, is, you don't need where hands. Does, where does he put his sling ring? I guess on his other hand. He's got, he's got, he's got yeah, two. Yeah, but what about people that don't have either hand? Or That's fingers? right. You put, you put it in your teeth, and you just rattle your head around. That's how that works. It's fine. <laughs> I was just going to say Velcro it, but um, so I guess the Ancient <laughs> One uses the sling ring, too, so I guess you do need it. I thought maybe that he can do it without the sling ring later, but maybe I'm adding things that weren't in the this, in this series. I, don't, I know. don't think they're consistent with it, to be honest. Like, I think okay. later on, he's just creating those portals, and it doesn't imply that he has a sling ring, because the sling ring, if, if I'm not mistaken, like takes up two fingers, I think, doesn't it? Isn't yeah, it one does. of those? It takes like two fingers. So there are definitely moments in this, and I thought about that, where he's just making these portals running around. 
and it doesn't really show that he has that thing on us. I don't think this film's consistent with that piece of the mythos, but and again, all, gotta do movie stuff. So yeah, this is the part where she takes him. I like how she takes him to Everest. Says, "Ah, you know, you'll last thirty minutes before you before you die, but in two minutes you'll suffer. You'll you'll pass out from shock." And she leaves him there because he won't surrender to the magic to use it. So she figures she's gonna put him in a life or death situation to have him yeah. learn. She's gonna throw him in the deep end to teach him to swim. Basically, yeah. yeah. And I, I like this part because Mortal comes up. He's like, "Not again!" Because you know, showing she's done this to somebody else before. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very good, yeah. Um, I no, was wondering if there's a dead body somewhere off yeah, camera. Just, just thinking like, that too. Yeah. It's like surrounded by skeletons or what? I guess. <laughs> <it's not preserved. laughs> I mean, he's a horror movie director, so I wouldn't be surprised. I now yeah. I look at the scene to see if there is a random body somewhere, but no, I don't see anything. Uh, she wouldn't let that happen. She sure wouldn't leave evidence. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that part, but I, I like it. It's I think it's a good part, and I like how she's moving the fan in her hands. It's like you know, count probably in a way. That's how I took it as she was counting. Oh, I just figured she was nervous about the whole thing because he was taking too long. Eh, okay, maybe I'm just assuming here. Yeah, that was my my take was she's just nervous, like, oh boy, did I did I send this guy to freeze to death? Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> and it's just it's very good. Like this is when you start feeling more for the character. He finally shaves his beard or gives himself the goatee, and he just I don't, I really like the evolution of Doctor Strange throughout this movie. Like it gets better and better, but here's a very good part where he's really starting to like understand and you know kind of take charge of his life again in a way and not be the way he was. I actually all- don't. Oh, sorry. No, go I- ahead. Oh, you're good. I- I think it, it's too. And again, I know the movie has to get going, right? We can't sit here. We have, we have, we're at forty five minutes, I think, in this film at this point, and we only got two hours. Like these side movies, they don't exceed two hours. They kind of realize, yeah, our main tenfold movies are two and a half plus. We're inching <laughs> up. These little ones have to kind of just get done. And it's just in a situation where he, all of a sudden, he's just good at things again. Now all of a sudden, now he's portaling around. He's stealing the book, and he's mm-hmm. doing all the magic stuff, and it's. There are there's more growth coming because there is that scene where he learns how to do combat, not just the sorcery with Mordo. But for me, it was so much. It seemed like he was progressing almost too fast. It's, well, and but then I should say later on when he's fighting fighting Big Bad for the first time, he's woefully unprepared. But I think his progression just seemed like a little too fast for me, especially this particular cut from him barely getting out of the at a Mount Everest and then using you know basically the portal gun to steal. <laughs> Uh, the, the steal the tome of of astrophysics, but that, but that scene is so funny where you have because earlier he sounds like Beyonce and the guy acts like he never heard of Beyonce. And he's listening to all the single ladies while he's stealing the book from him right behind him, and then he steals the book he was reading. So I, I questioned this when we were watching it. And I'm like, did he really not know? And then uh, Doctor Strange kind of turned him on to listen to Beyonce, or did he really know who Beyonce was and he was just fucking with him? I just had that thought, honestly. I just <laughs> had a like, huh? I wonder what he was up to. <laughs> and this is when you first get the mirror realm explained to you because after this he gets a new outfit and this is when she's teaching him how to practice his spells inside the mirror dimension so nothing else is affected i like the scene right in between these two is where he's sleeping and it shows his astral form reading the books like i would love to be able to do that man talk about multitasking are you kidding me and it's <laughs> and he references and again this this for me is very plot devicey is that he has a photographic memory so he can just remember anything he looks at you know and it's like okay well i guess that that is a device to move us along 
you know, he doesn't have to relearn anything. He sees it. He's got it. Move on. That's a real thing, too, right? Photographic oh, yeah, memory? absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how it works in the real world. But yes. One, a photographic. But, yeah. Are you That's kidding me? I can't remember what I had for breakfast two hours ago. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. Like, I I cannot remember. Like, if someone tells me, hey, go get this, get this, get this, I won't remember shit. But if you want to ask me, how, when did this happen and how did this happen two years ago? I will tell you what happened, but I can't remember <laughs> I can remember past. I can remember event. Like if we had an event that happened, I can tell you about the event. But if you're telling me to remember something to go do something, not happening. Yeah, events have more of an impact on you than yeah, plus I remember on a list. Like I can I can recite to you Chrono Trigger from beginning to end, even before this past week, flawlessly. But I couldn't tell you what you told me to remember. Get milk at the store. I won't remember milk. Priorities. Well, Chrono <laughs> Trigger is a priority, but that's not that story. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hear about that? Wait, actually, you've already heard, already heard about that story, so mm-hmm. it'll be on here by then. And and I do like like you have a scene with Mortal and Doctor Stranger training where he's teaching him how to fight and he's telling him how they'll eventually have to fight for their life. And I think this is when he goes on the whole rant about how he's a doctor and he just he just wants to save lives, not take them or something. Yeah, because that, that comes back around. I yeah. like uh, Mordo basically talks to him about Dungeons and Dragons magic items. He's got the boots to let him <laughs> jump around on glyphs and stuff. I, I love, love the boots stuff. The boots, the boots are, great. are great. Oh wow! <laughs> that went well. Yeah, the boots are fantastic. They, I, I, I don't know enough about Mortal's character, unfortunately, from the comic. I don't know if that staff and the boots are something that the character has. Unfortunately, I don't know anything about the character really, other than he exists and wears a green and yellow outfit usually in the comic. That's all I know. Yeah, he was in some cartoon too. I think the cartoon you were referencing too, Mike. Yeah, he's in Spider Man. The animated series one. Yeah. Okay, that's probably where I know him from then, because I, I know I've watched some of that before. Yeah, I think that's a Doctor Strange episode, too. Okay, that's probably my only experience of Doctor Strange before this, then. <laughs> well, there is a Doctor Strange animated movie, which is not too bad. That came out before. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Which is, have... is saying something, because the Marvel the Marvel animated movies are usually garbage, so. Yeah, they're the opposite of DC, where the DC animated movies are awesome, and their live-action movies suck. Yeah. So, I mean, the fighting scene's all right. Like, it just adds more context between the two characters about their relationship and, you know, like, you know, trying to show that he doesn't want to fight. He just wants to learn. He wants, and he still wants to heal himself. He's still full of himself. He still wants to just be able to go back to work again, which hell, if somebody taught me that I can do magic and do all this, I'd be like, work, <laughs> fuck work. Sign me up. Well, everything is all fun and games until they, they, he realizes that they fight and defend the, the realms and defend I'd the fight. world. And then he goes, <laughs> oh, hmm, no, I, I'm not here for that. I'm just here to get my hand fixed so I can save I mean, people my way. Somebody came up to me and said, hey, we're going to teach you magic and you're going to fight for us. And you don't have to go back to work again ever. You don't have to do that. I'd be like, OK, sign me up. Where do I sign that dotted line? I'm here. Well, I mean, like, well, hang on. What's the trade off then? Because that sounds too good to be true. Yeah. You know, fighting interstellar beings with just as much power as you, probably more. Huh, that's a bit of a and risk. Magic. The thing is, I would still podcast, I think. You have the Wi-Fi password, so you're in good shape. <laughs> like, hey, coming to you from Tibet. Like, <laughs> uh, at okay. some point, I, I know they talk about it later on, but Jonathan Pangborn went through all this, and he was given that option where like, he could continue his life or he could stay and help defend the world from supernatural threats, and he peaced out. He's right out of there. So I guess yeah, I'm gonna play like, basketball. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna play some basketball with my friends. I would have stayed. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Well, listen, you're you're a better you're a better person than I. I I don't know what I would have done. I don't know if I was a better person, but it's just like as a kid, I always had that dream to want to do magic, and then you find out magic's not real. But you know, it's still that like allegedly. 
I just have that. Like, I, I can never join the military. I can never go for that. But if somebody wanted me to start doing mystic arts and I could like jump and do all this stuff, I I'm, I'm in. Plus, I love the idea of portals because the thing that I hate the most, one of the things I hate the most in life is having to go from point A to point B and <laughs> point A and point B when I don't need to be there. I just need to be at point B. Like, I would love the idea to open a portal in my house. Like, oh, I'm at work now. All right, we say we cut all that transit time that we don't need. And, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's how that's how my brain has always worked. Yeah. And this is also when you have him. So he's in the in the library. He grabs the fucking forbidden book again, and then he picks up. Okay, this bugged me a little bit. Why is the Eye of Agamotto one of the most powerful relics <laughs> in the world? Oh, I know. Uh, sitting there on a pedestal, just. But I guess he shouldn't have been able to open it. But the relic kind of chose him, so he could open it. Yeah, because he's think? looking at some other book, and he sees a drawing of the eye, and he just looks up and sees it there. Like, yeah. Well, I would say, too, that they, they have no problem putting it out in the open because the people in that almost a monastery, but that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, the people in that monastery have so much discipline that they're not going to touch it. Like they understand the power it it represents. And it's like, no, we're not going to no one's gonna touch it. But he doesn't care because he's arrogant, you know, and he thinks I can wield anything. I can make circle shields and whips. So I'm <laughs> clearly I can handle this mystical uh, mystical thing. Uh, sitting on a perch in this uh, in library, I, so I really do like the apple scene where he's he's eating an apple and he uses the the Ayu Agamotto to rewind time to make the apple whole again. Fast forward time to make the apple rotten and go back and forth. Like I thought that was really cool. So I asked my wife, like when he makes the apple whole, does it pull the apple that he's already eaten out of his stomach? That's a <laughs> terrifying question, sir. I didn't think of that. I would say yes. Now he's hungry again, but who knows? I don't know. I mean. Or is it like a localized just on the apple? And and really in the real world, obviously you can't do this in a fun Marvel film. Would it all just come out of his mouth like blip 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 blip? Gross. <laughs> yeah, see, well, hey, listen, hey, that's yeah, there's a Dexter Slab episode about that. It's oh, really? equally gross in that. <laughs> Eats this whole sandwich and he's got this time control belt and Dee Dee's messing with it, so he goes in reverse and like spits the, the sandwich back hole again. That's funny. I see. I didn't realize that. It's uh, yeah. I, I like this scene a lot. This is such a great um, illustration of what this thing does. It's extremely important. We as the audience knows how this works. Um, the visual idea of kind of turning the dial, the mystic dial, is quite excellent as well. It, it all works really well visually, kind of telling us in 15 seconds what this thing does. That's exceedingly important, of course, throughout the rest of this movie. Uh, throughout the rest of the the MCU. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. I want to say I guessed before the end of the movie what this thing was. Oh, you didn't know it was the time stone? I think I did. Because okay. <clears throat> I mean, as soon as I saw it glow green, well, I mean, I I knew immediately. But then again, I also I was I'm big into I would say even before the MCU was getting this far, I was very big into Marvel at the time. So I, I, was, I always like the Infinity Gems. I, I do too. My my experience with them was that Super Nintendo game and then uh, mm-hmm. Marvel superheroes. I've read Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War, but Infinity Gauntlet's a pretty good book. So it's it, it. I like it though. I like how he uses the. Th- I like how using the spell, and then they take the book, and he uses the spell to rewind to get the book. And this is when they take the book away from him with some mirror dimension mastery trick, and then they talk about you know plot armor. Well, not maybe not plot armor. But they talk about the plot of the movie where these three sanctums are controlling or saving the Earth from Doramu, and this is when the first sanctum gets destroyed. I want to say. Well, so they talk about how dangerous time magic is. How you could be stuck in an endless time, or you yep. could create uh-huh. paradoxes. Like I'm sure that won't come back into play. Yeah, and this is the point every, where, where 
I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, every time I hear pa- Time Paradox, I think, Snake, you created a Time Paradox! <laughs> <laughs> well, Ocelot shouldn't have been running his mouth, and I wouldn't have shot him, so... That's it. <laughs> That's it. That Ocelot. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Uh, yeah, this is also a point where... where um, I almost called him Mordor. Jeez, I can't remember anyone's names. Is it Mordor? M- Mordo. Mordo. Okay, Mordor is yeah. like a Lord of the Rings <laughs> uh, thing. Lord of the Rings, yeah. Okay, see, that's why I was like... Uh, so, Mordo starts kind of getting a little conflict with strange when they're having this argument back and forth about, um, yeah, about the nature of time. And they kind of explain all those, that time loop stuff, which is going to be exceedingly important. And he's baffled that strange can do this at all. Like, he's like, that's some text that we don't know. Like it takes, I don't know how many spells required to make that happen, which again, lends into this idea of the movie kind of pushing us forward. Like, Oh, clearly strange is destined to do this thing. Like, which is, fine but it also moves the movie along because he doesn't it feels very unearned to me because we're not seeing him excel or grow like there's not even like a training montage of him doing better yeah. you know like you know, eye of the tiger and he's making better shields and you know he's doing the boot jumps and all that which again he couldn't do that's not his his weapon <laughs> that's that's not his epic weapon but it it definitely feels like we're missing another time lapse like the one we had towards the beginning of the movie yes. to like you said to show his progress yeah, a little progress to show that he's he's doing well. Just all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I can read this mystical book that like three people in the world, hey, <laughs> multiverse, can actually read. Because I have a photographic memory and I took some books out from the library. Like It's <laughs> it's way too rushed and feels kind of unearned. But again, this is movie, as you like to say, movie's got a movie. We got to move it, yeah. al- move it along there. You could have had an 80s montage where they're just playing, time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> there you go. No, I, I'm, all, I'm here for an 80s montage. Well, you're going to enjoy Far From Home. Okay, cool. I've seen it. Yeah, it's a, let's just say uh, they were inspired by John Hughes movies, I want to say, so I remember incorrectly. Yeah, it's been a like, while since I've seen it. It's like two or three different movies slammed together. Gotcha. Yeah, we'll get there in months. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> More for us. No, I think it'll be months if we keep up with the current trend. Yeah. We'll have but then stuff. we get to that point oh, where I thought you're saying, thought you oh, said sorry. a month, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Not eight. Come on now. Uh, but now we get to a point where we're now we get to the point where they're kind of describing, you know, the a lot of the plot of the film, like who they are. Cause Strange actually asks, he goes, So who are we? Like, what is this cult that I'm a part of now? And <laughs> I wrote down, good point, Mr. Strange. No one's really told us, you know, what these people are. And now we learn that they're protectors of the different uh, realms, and there's three different uh, sanctuaries that protect the earth from no goodniks. And, uh, yeah, and there are all sorts of defenders. We learn about Dormammu, you know, which, uh, he's important. He's a, he's the evilest evil guy that ever eviled clearly evil <laughs> force that just eats worlds. He's basically, he's basically mass effect reapers, right? Like, <laughs> right. That's kind of what they do. Like we can't use Galactus. So we, we'll just make Dormammu Galactus. Yeah. Oh, that's the one thing that bugged uh, me because Dormammu is a big, tall guy with a flaming skull. This is not a big, tall guy with a flaming skull. No, this is a big CGI face that looks kind of funny and kind of scary all at the same time. He looks less stupid than Parallax did in the Green Lantern movie. Fair enough. I didn't see Green Lantern either. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, I like yeah, that we movie. Don't, we Every... don't need to do that one. I really like that movie. I watched it recently. I still really like that movie. But we have other movies to get to that are more important, like Blade 2 and Blade Trinity. So. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I changed my mind. Let's see Green Lantern. <laughs> I don't know if Blade... I want to. Blade 2 is really good. 
You'll enjoy you guys it, said you know. Blade One was really good too. That's funny. <laughs> I think I said it. I think I agreed it was still good. If I remember right, but we're neither here nor there. But so, what part are we at now? Where he goes into the uh, Sanctum in New York? Yep, he goes to the New York Sanctum because it get because the big bad explodes. Just boom, he explodes them into the New York Sanctum because they shows him the doors. Right, you can get to the other ones through here, and big bad comes and invades. The, I guess they're in. Well, yeah, I guess they're in the. Uh, well, yeah, wait, wait, which sanctuary are they in? Because they're not in London. It's I think f- he's in the New York one. I no, he, because he gets blasted into the New York one. No, yeah, they're in. They're in to Nepal, and then yeah. when he blows up. Ah, uh, God, London, it knocks him into the New York one. But I thought there was only three sanctuaries, because he only mentions, oh, maybe it was three outside the Nepal one. So Nepal, yeah, Hong Kong, Nepal. London. Hong Kong. It's like New Princess York. Peach's castle. It's the hub world. I get okay, you the gotcha. Gotcha. It's the hub world. Very good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the, it's the Citadel. So we, because uh, <laughs> you just did Mass Effect, so I figured. Uh, yeah, so it gets blown into the sanctuary in New York. This is a pretty neat scene, and I, I like how the director really wants you to know it's New York, really wants you to know it's New York. So because he, he steps outside and you see the sign on the door is Bleecker Street. If you don't know it's Bleecker Street, pan out. If you don't know what that is, pan out. If you don't know Skyline, this <laughs> is so. New York. All of a sudden Sinatra starts playing in the background and all that. It's I thought it was just pretty clever how they're like, we need you to know this is New York. And everyone knows what Bleecker Street is. I don't. Uh, I think it's just uh, one of those comic book addresses that's supposed to be well known. Oh, really? So I, I think oh, yeah. No, Mike's right. Mike's right. I think I know what he's talking about vaguely. Like uh, Sherlock Holmes's Bleaker <laughs> Street. Yeah. Yep. And no, it's, uh, it's not Bleaker Street. Oh God, dang it! I should know this. How much I watch dang Sherlock Holmes stuff? Is it Baker <laughs> Street. Baker Street. Yeah, two twenty one B Baker Street. Yes. I thought you said right. Bleecker Street again. I was like, wait, what? Sorry. No, I, I, I do like the fight scene when he's fighting the, the cult members and they're just climbing on the walls and stuff. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, this is cool. We're in our we're in the New York Sanctuary fight. Lots of really neat stuff going on here. Like the treadmill where you're just running nowhere. I love that. <laughs> I like that when yeah, exactly when he uses his magic to again move that treadmill. Um and I, I do like too where I is this the point when excuse me, is this the point when Strange puts up the mirrorverse? In a little bit. First, okay. he gets thrown out into the desert with the other guy that he leaves, or woman, or whoever the hell cult member he leaves there, which they end up coming back eventually anyway, I'm pretty sure. And you have the fight with the other cult member. Yep. I like how he, um, the, the that corridor that was once the uh, treadmill goes vertical a la Uncharted 2. <laughs> <laughs> it is really good. Uh, he, and he kind of chucks those hench people out magic windows, which is very good as well. That's cool too. Yeah, I like the the whole bit of him just walking around exploring this place. You see all the magic items sitting around and those portals that lead to there's one to the desert, there's one to a rainforest, there's one to the ocean. It's very cool. You know, it is maybe very cool. Throwing the guy in the ocean and his problem would have been taken care of <laughs> a lot faster. I, I don't think he was thinking too much. I think he was just trying to get him away from him. So uh but that but they they both come back, right? They both Yeah, when uh Hannibal launches his assault towards the end. They come Thank from you. the desert portal. So to show that they had to go pick this person up. <laughs> I, I wish I could get this reference, but there's a part when they're fighting, when, when Dr. Train is fighting Hannibal, and he grabs an urn of some sort, and Hannibal freezes for a second, and then he looks at him, and he's like, you don't know how to use that, do you? And I wish I knew what that was, because it has to be something from the comics, but I have no idea what it is, and it bugs me. Yeah, I don't know. I just took it as a magic item that he just didn't understand. 
yeah, but it looks like it's from the comics. Yeah, and there's a lot of quips in this too. Like they kind of quip at each other a bit. This is where I think they, the Mister Strange or Doctor yeah, Mister, Mister Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Doctor Mister. <laughs> uh, it's strange. A little. <laughs> yeah, they, they they trade a few little quips here that that are that are cute. Apparently, you can see Avengers Tower when they do that skyline thing that you were just talking about. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't I didn't pay attention. I didn't either, but uh, comic book resources told me just now. <laughs> I'm trying to see if they say if they say what that thing was that he picks up because I'm I'm really curious now so I'm trying to find out. Gotcha. Apparently Black Knight's helmet can be seen in that scene too. For those that don't know Black Knight is one of the Avengers off and on for some reason. I don't recognize that name. He's not a very he is not a well-known character. So you Gotta love those little Easter eggs. I think that's, I, that's they always do that's, they're they're so good at that. We mention it almost every show how how good they are at these little Easter eggs for the for the super fans and the hardcore fans. Yeah. Good for them. Yep. So now we meet, you know, obviously things look really grim. Our big bad has as uh has Doctor Strange in a compromised position. And then the goodest good bro that Doctor yeah. Strange could ever have. <laughs> the best character in the movie. The best character in the movie. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I agree. Uh his cape has is so fun and has personality. I love the cape. Cape like rules. So book good. of levitation is basically the magic carpet from Aladdin. Yes. That's it. That's it. And that scene where he he gets thrown off the stairwell, come back up with the cape, and then he fails at his little whip thing. It's just awesome. And that is a thing, really cool looking scene of him just floating up yeah. from the off camera. Uh, yeah, he gets that big hero shot, right? The Doctor exactly, Strange yeah. hero shot. And it's does the event some sort of heroic theme plays. And I'm like, is that the Avengers theme that plays? I don't think so, but it was like this kind of heroic marvel-y theme that plays as he kind of rises from that staircase. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's this Marvel Marvel ass music theme. But uh, and I, what I love about this whole sequence too is that again, he's woefully unprepared for this. Like he is outmatched at every turn. Like he is not this person's equal. He's he's putting together, you know, like fifth fourth grade style shields and whips and this guy's throwing graduate student, you know, clear clear stabby. Everybody say clear stabby things. Just clear Thank daggers you. and spears, you know, like it, and folding things like Legos. It's yeah, but it's good because again it's showing that uh, Strange has to kind of use some of his cunning and know-how and just instincts really, to kind of survive this attack. He's just surviving. He's not trying to take out this guy. He just wants to live. And his 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 great cape pal saves the day, pulls him towards the... Uh, pulls him towards... It's a very funny... <laughs> so I mean, you reach did, for the axe. <laughs> you, yeah, he's reaching to the axe, and, the, and the, the cape's like, no, no, there's a thing here that's better. <laughs> and then he throws this, I'm sorry, terrifying... What do you even call this thing? I don't, it's like an Iron Maiden. It's like a mobile Iron Maiden. Mm, like yeah. if if you're, I, I don't know, but okay. it traps him in these really grotesque pins and bolts. And it's, I was like, oh, that is creepy. Especially when it first hits Big Bad and he starts kind of walking backwards slowly because it's pushing them into a kneeling position. <sighs> It's like Oof. a medieval straitjacket. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it, it was very horror. And again, now that I know this director um, kind of lives in that world of um, jump scare horror, oof, that's good. <laughs> it's effective. I was like, Ugh, I don't like that at all. That really does shed a whole lot of, a lot of light on some of these weirder scenes. Like, oh, yeah, okay, this guy's this, this is bread and butter. Sure thing. This is his wheelhouse. Yeah, this is his wheelhouse. Yeah. And this is also when when he's talking with, with Hannibal, because he 
takes off a little mouthpiece and he tells them all about how Tilda Swanton is actually talking with Doramu and this and that and kind of goes all into it, which is what fuels more of the movie. But he kind of like tells them what his whole plan is, too. Yeah. And this is just the exposition of what, you know, what, like what the it. bad guy's going to do. Yeah. And this is fine. He has to kind of do this. There's no stakes. He's clearly, you know, trapped in this medieval torture device. <laughs> and yeah, no, it's it's fine. Again, this is just more exposition explaining his goal isn't. Again, this is kind of a Thanos light. Um, but also. Yeah, he's buying time is also what he's doing because Hannibal yeah. realized he doesn't have a sling ring. So he's actually just stalling him. Right. Which is which is fine. Um, but this is a good opportunity for us to learn about this world as well. Yeah, yeah. Just his motivation. You know, I want to save the world through letting us join the ultimate one so we can all enjoy, you know, eternal life. Enjoy. No, and that's it, it, yeah. You'll see how that's enjoyed <laughs> later on. Oof. They do make a comment about the tribunal at some point in this movie. I don't remember what they say, but they do say tribunal. For those that don't know, tribunal is part of like the gods that rule the Marvel Universe or something of that nature. So that's a reference to that, which is what the Eternal movie that came out this November. Remember before the pandemic hit? That was that came out this this month. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, that's about them. Get it this month. You know, like how Black Widow came out in February. Yeah, I'm still upset about that. that. (laughs) It was supposed to be May. I am still upset we never got our Black Widow movie because it'll come. It'll come. Hey, it'll come to Disney Plus for thirty dollars, like Mulan did. I'll buy it for thirty for ScarJo. Yes. Yeah. No question. He will buy it for ScarJo. Did I buy Mulan? No. Will I? No. But ScarJo Hansen movie? Hell yes. So, yeah, we, we get the, the motivation. Actually, it's cool about this, too, is that Strange starts to kind of turn like, huh, because his thing is extending life like he is a mm-hmm. doctor. That's his Hippocratic oath. Right. And so he's kind of thinking, huh, maybe you got a point there. Ugly eyes. But then realizes that it, it, this <laughs> is not the this is, <laughs> that not this wrong. Is, no, this is this is not the because he even says like, yeah, it looks looks like it did a good job for you. And this is also a part that I didn't really because while he's stalling him, he makes a comment about how you forgot your sling ring. And then after Doctor Strange gets stabbed and he's crawling away, it's like a horror movie. The uh, the villain is walking behind him with a dagger to kill him and just walking towards him because he's our. And I'm just like, oh, it's a straight up. I'm watching it right now. It's a straight up horror movie. Until the till the good bro, his yeah. good bro arrives and saves the day. <laughs> oh my God, this scene. Cape yeah. wraps around the guy's head, just slamming him into the floor repeatedly. Repeatedly, over and over again. <laughs> no concussions in this multiverse. Oh, no. Let's uh, just slam this man's head into the floor 30 times. Okay. One of the things I really notice, and again, this all makes sense now, is he's not just bleeding, he's spurting. Yeah. Like, the blood is spurting from him, which is scary. Blood dripping or, or growing on a shirt. We've all seen that a million times, but spurts are in the realm of horror, and that is was effective. And it was shocking for me for a Marvel movie. You know, he hits the ground and he's there's blood everywhere. Like he is is not apologetic on how it's treating its more I don't say gore, because it's not gore, but treating the more brutal part of um his experience. So he portals himself to the hospital. <laughs> well, that's a great idea. I would do that. Where Christine just happens to be in the hallway and says, Oh, ooh, you're hurt. Let's just put you in this vacant surgery room because <laughs> there's been no way surgery is happening all the time every day no at a major hospital so not far behind like What's in real that? life there's probably there's been no pandemic yet so they're not all behind <laughs> for the last three four months they booked these surgeries weeks in advance there is somebody either prepping for a surgery doing surgery or recovering from surgery there is but she, oh no here just yeah this is vacant just come on here and get some free medical care like do you, oh, that that uniform of yours doesn't have pockets do you have your insurance card by chance i need to check in <laughs> no worry about it no it's fine just go on the thing we'll take care of you 
It's fine. <laughs> I'm nitpicking slightly, but no, you're, that, <laughs> you're not wrong. The American metal system would not have let him anywhere near where he got to. It's like, oh, you're dying? Well, we got to see your insurance card first. Okay, your insurance didn't check out, but I'm dying. It, your insurance didn't check out, sir. How are you going to pay for this? I mean, no, I mean, obviously, no. If you went, if you showed up at the emergency room and you're, you had a, yeah, a, a stab wound that no one's ever seen before in this universe, Why they would you? fix you. Like, they yes. would help you. They're not, they're not going to lead you there to, to be split. one person in a room with the lights off. Right, but not in the slapdash fashion, probably. Hey, can we get a gurney here? We need some doctors. Let's get an IV. Let's do the thing. No, no, no. Let's go. Just go here. I got, I got some yeah. stitches, some thread. I got an EKG machine or whatever the hell the thing is. I'll shove a needle in you and start extracting blood. Yeah, I'll just start, I'll shove this needle in you. You tell me where to go. Oh, I you can put your finger through your flesh. Oh, that's fine. I'm just going to go with that. I like the ass rejection where she just gets fucking terrified. I mean, I would too. And then I, <laughs> he doesn't, I him. Oh, he terrible. doesn't help the fact he's like, Hey, a little higher. It's just like not. <laughs> hey, don't freak out. It's just <laughs> it's coming and, out it's, of his body. and she again. This is a movie thing. She just goes with it. She just rolls with it. Go okay. Clearly, my she my ex boyfriend. Solid minute. <laughs> yeah, she clearly my ex boyfriend just came out of space and time and is instructing me on how to you know stab you with a needle. Okay. It. I like, and I also like the ghost fight. I mean, I know some people might think it's stupid. I know my wife thought it was stupid, but I enjoyed the ghost fight, and I like it. The and I, the vending machine part made me think of Mike because I know Mike sent me a picture not too long ago where the vending oh, machine man. is being mean to him. <laughs> and when, when when I saw the guy when they go they fly through a vending machine, this doctor just bought a bag of chips, and then he goes and he gets a bunch of free chips. Yeah. And I just thought of I just saw that story, Mike, with your pop. Yeah, it's been a rough week. The vending machine, like, it's got one of those ones where the arm comes up and it drops down into it and then brings it to the little door. And, like, if it doesn't fall in that little arm just right, it just drops it. Like, you asshole. Those, those, those robots are complex. I have, I'd rather I, have it partly shook up than... <laughs> From yeah, I want the I want the ability to use physical force to um, wrench my uh, Doritos out from a. I, I don't want to rely on a robot that's per, has to be perfectly timed. Yeah, those things are never great, and they break all the time. Fun times, fun times, fun topic for our Marvel. <laughs> that's just what I. No, that sucks. I, that's just the worst thing. That's one of those me, little things funny. that happen in life that just suck. I mean, it does suck, but it just the just the fact that he had that story, and then we watched this movie, and then I had that scene. I'm just like, eh. That's yeah, and, and it's a funny bit in the movie too. It's a, it's clever. I thought the Astro fight was was slightly dumb. I I, I thought it was kind of stupid. I kind of re- agree with your wife to a point. I just yeah, I don't know. It just looks dumb. Two two Astro figures. At least they weren't making clay sculpture, so I was okay. <laughs> wow, I That's don't like reference. Ghost. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the reference. What's That's the reference? Ghost. Oh, ghost. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I've never seen ghost. I don't know. I know why it came out of my head just now because I was, I was watching because I've, as I've been doing a lot of editing, like editing Civil War, I was watching the movies that made us why I edit and it was a dirty dancing thing. So I'm just singing. She's like the wind in my head right now. But you know I do like yeah, I do like the final bit in this where where she the, with the paddles and I, I don't know why I can't place the name of said paddles. But she gives him. What's that? A defib. Defib. defib thank you. Defib. Yeah. Defib. Loot. You know, you know what it is. The fibrillator, <laughs> the defib, which crash she kind of, the crash cart. There you go. She kind of gives him the defib, and that just gives him like this crazy explosion of of yellow power power <laughs> that blows him back, and he's like, "Hit me again!" And that's how he's she kind of traps him and just hits him with all this energy that evidently the defib is putting through his astral projection because because of because mysticism, and uh, it finishes <laughs> off the dude, kills him, kills him dead. His Mark of Dormammu fades, and we know I, he's gone. I do like 
part though when he wakes up and he's like i have to go do this she's like and she's and he's telling her about how they enlighten him she's like, that sounds like a cult he's like it's not a cult she's like that's what a cultist would say <laughs> it is, i mean yeah. it is great i really like i just like her okay i, I yeah <laughs> he's like uh i came like i came through a portal in the janitor closet yeah, okay whatever and opens the door and sees the portal and she's just <laughs> like Huh. She goes to the portal and she's just standing there and the broom falls and she screams. It's like, oh my gosh, she's such a treasure in this movie. She's great. I'm and that's a, if that was like like part of the scene, or if they literally just dropped a broom and she screamed. Yeah, my wife asked the same thing. It's like, I wonder if that's ad libbed. Yeah, I wonder. Or if she expect, didn't expect that to happen and, and just heard that. <laughs> like, I like that. You know, that happens in movies all the time where they make something they don't tell the actor something and they just do something to get a real reaction out of them. Right. No. Like Godfather, the horse's head in that movie if I remember correctly, is a real horse's head and the actor didn't know it was going to be a real horse's head. They didn't tell, they said, oh, it's going to be a fake one. And when they did the scene, it wasn't fake. The, that scream you hear is a real scream. Gross. Yep. Yeah. That's a, that's a true story about the Godfather. Um, I also like the fact that this little scene, while also kind of reestablishing their relationship between um, Strange and Christine, uh, it's also a great opportunity. He basically recaps the entire film so far. That way, in case you went to the bathroom... <laughs> Like you, you're caught up because if you went to the bathroom during this, you would miss you miss a minute of this movie, man. That this is it's hard to come back, and he also allows everybody else to go to the bathroom who already knows this. All right, fine, we get it. Yeah, this just... also helps like to fight. This is where he changes. Like he he just killed somebody. He comes back in the sanctum, and he's much more different than what he was after. Like I like how they said, "Are you okay?" That's a relative term. I like that. I like how you start seeing him change. Well, it's also and, not change. He he kind of tells um, Mordor that or Mordo. He, yeah. he's t- he tells Mordo he's like he's like I I killed the guy. I took an oath to not kill people, which is weird. And you're right. This is a kind of a change because if he was you know early movie Doctor Strange, he wouldn't have cared. He would have been more upset with the fact he couldn't have saved them. Like he failed as opposed to someone actually passing away. So this is a bit of a softening of Strange. Where he's like, I, I took an oath. I, I'm not killing people. Like, if you want me in this battle, in this war, and it requires this, I'm not, I'm not doing it. And he, he, him, and Mordo have a really good blowout. Where I'm going to, I'm not going to butcher the actor's name, but Mordo, his, his acting is fantastic. Very dramatic. Like, not quite Thor dramatic, but very almost theater where it's impassioned and he's got strong set morals. Like. We have to fight. You have no idea what I've done. I'm going to to save this world to protect it. This is when he breaks. This is his breaking yes. point. This I, is when he kind of breaks bad a little bit because then he learns that. I forget how Strange learned this. Because um, Hannibal told him. <clears throat> oh, that's right. Because Hannibal told him. So Strange basically tells him the Ancient One has been uh, leeching power from Dormo to keep herself alive. And when when Ancient learns this, she breaks a little bit. Like she's kind of like it's clear strange has got it right and this is this is exactly right when he now starts to question everything he's been taught for who knows how long and his entire ah, his entire being is just kind of shattered in this and his entire morality is shattered in this it's very effective and very tough it's a good it's an excellent scene and again the actor who plays mordor is really really good in this Yes, like, and then the movie has to keep going. So uh, Hannibal shows back up. That's right. The <laughs> catalyst. Back. That's right. He's like, I'm back. Let's go. See the script. We got to get cracking here. Let's go. <laughs> you laid on the table for a few minutes. You had your rest. Yeah, exactly. Two. Take I a breather. I, just, I really like it when he breaks. Like I, I didn't catch that before, but now that I know where this movie goes, just like I was watching his facial expression when he, when that happens and he just 
you can just see just I just love the way he breaks and like you were saying the way the actor pulls it off and just the expression and everything like it's just it, you're right it is so good he does a great job with this like, he looks like he's about to cry as he's as he's saying it like he just delivered these lines like just like the, so emotionally it's really cool I'm watching it as we're, as we're speaking but yeah. it's really cool yeah more more to at the very end calls him spineless like. Woo, I, I just with this venom and this disdain, like you just don't have the guts to help anybody but yourself because this whole time you're you won because you protected yourself. And that is so powerful. Like he's like your your motive is not altruistic. Like you're not looking to other people. You just stayed alive. You survived. Which he did. That's exactly what he did. Oh, and also a small reference that nobody that I never even got till I reading this thing. The guy who dies in the sanctum right before the scene is the brother of a Marvel character, Doctor Voodoo. Okay. I think it's Doctor Voodoo. Where's it? Cool. Brother Voodoo. Sorry, Brother Voodoo. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't catch it either, but that's what CBR says. <laughs> So, so Michael, we are now, like you said, you know, yeah, Big Bad jumps in because movies got to keep on moving. We got, yeah. we, got about, we got 30 minutes left in this. What do you think about uh, part two of this uh, of this battle? Yeah, they're they're trying to drop another spirit bomb to blow up uh, <laughs> the sanctum. <laughs> so we, we saw it once before. I can't remember where. I think it's what knocks uh, Strange. Yeah, definitely blows up London. But yeah. they didn't take three episodes to get their spirit bomb off. They just did it. <laughs> This one, they're actually charging the spirit bomb, so a little different. And he then, comes because he's able to do the mirror dimension thing to them, and this is where they realize that they can—they're altering the mirror dimension as they're running away from them. This is a cool scene, though. It's just a lot of science, like special effects, I, I, but I like it a lot. Or Inception. Yeah, but it's cooler Inception. than Inception. I should really see that movie sometime. You never seen Inception? Uh, I've never seen it. It's a good it's movie. We're not do an episode fine. about it. But it's I kind of want to see Deception, though, after Bill is talking about it. Listen, I think I still have the description <laughs> up here somewhere. Yeah. Hey, Wayne, hey, Obi-Wan's in that movie, so it can't be all that bad, right? <laughs> Wayne McGregor's in the movie. But also, yep, did you get yep. the Stan Lee cameo that they have when they're running? They hit, they fall into a bus, and Stan Lee's in the bus laughing about something. Did anyone catch what he was reading? Because he says it's hilarious, but I, I couldn't. I didn't. I see actually what it did. Was. I actually, actually did, and I, I, I took the took the time to to research what that was because I've never read it. It's a, a book called the oh, I've written here the Doors of Perception by um, Aldous Huxley. <laughs> And the, the Doors of Perception is a book, and this actually makes that little bit quite funny. It's a book written by, again, uh, Alice Huxley, describing his experiences with mescaline in the 1950s. Mm. And it's basically his, it's basically kind of like Naked Lunch from William S. Burroughs, only not as brutal and sick and twisted and depraved. It's basically just him extolling the virtues of mescaline. And and his experiences with it, kind of in that whole beat writing era. Yeah, he basically it's a book. It's a book about a drug addict written <laughs> by someone who's really into drugs about his his drugs drug use. That would and, be interesting though. But it's because uh, mescaline has psycho psychotropic uh, properties, so it makes a lot of sense that that book would be referenced. Um, you know, after you know after we've seen like literally LSD style well, they, imagery. Like I said, they, they yeah. did drugs. When- making this book. I was just going to bring that back up because like Mike says, it uh, a... fits, fits in par with what he actually did sure. to come up with this character. Documented fact too. Like, they admitted like, yeah, we were doing all sorts of drugs. And we were writing this book. And we didn't know what the fuck to do. So I think that's all 
I've never read early because I can't read early Marvel comics, but yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is hilarious. But yeah, that's what that reference means. It's uh, it's it's basically like, hey, isn't this fun? Isn't this trippy, mind bending stuff hilarious and great? And we might have been on drugs when we wrote it. So, yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> I, I it's, like, it's pretty good. When they're in the that's mirror dimension, good. right before Mr. Doctor is about to die from uh, Hannibal, that's when uh, Tilda Swanton shows up. And I, I, I really like all this inception stuff like it is just such a good and this is when you see the doramu symbol appears on her yeah, forehead because she had a hood on in the the opening yep. sequence uh-huh. yeah here she and this is when mordo sees that she's actually using the dark power and he can he's done That's after this he's done so. he uh, is he's broken i i want to get your opinions real quick because this is a major part of this film and this is kind of the tentpole um, Inception style, building, folding, world breaking, you know, mirror verse stuff. What did you guys think about as far as framing action? Michael, I'll, I'll kind of start with you on this one. What was your kind of take on it? It's kind of all over the place. Like, it, uh, until they're on that platform that she creates, even then the camera's jumping between cuts. It's kind of hard to follow the whole thing. It's impossible to follow. <laughs> it makes no sense because you're basically it's like a kid taking Lego pieces in a in a in a box and just shaking it. Um, the problem is, is that the camera never you have no frame of reference as to where a character is in space, like it, where they are in space. Nothing doing it good because space is constantly changing. Right. Space is constantly changing. So you 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 have no frame of reference to where anybody is. So it's just a person running against a CG background with all sorts of crazy stuff going on. So you have no sense of motion because because everything's moving, you know, everything's spinning, everything's twisting. So towards the end of it, it's exhausting. I was just like, oh, wow. I mean, yay. You and your computers did some fun stuff. But man, I have no idea who's chasing who and who's fighting who. And I think Mordo's fighting the two the two zealots. And I don't know. It was it's it was it's very imaginative to look at from a visual perspective, but as far as an action scene, I think it fails pretty hard because there's no sense of tension because again, I don't know where anybody is in reference to anybody else. So I don't know if Big Bad is right behind Strange or fifteen feet above him. Under him at one point when he's running up the stair staircase and uh Hannibal's on the bottom running across it. Yeah, what are you doing? I get again, this is all neat <laughs> stuff and it's cool to look at, but as far as an action scene, I yeah, I think this kind of falls on his face pretty hard. Especially since this is the last one we get with all that world bending stuff, if I remember correctly. Because the final one is just destruction. Yeah. So um, I I really like it. Yeah. I really like this one. I, I had no problem with it. I didn't have a problem following along what was happening. I was just all on board. This is our uh God, I can't believe I'm going to reference this. This is our Dark World episode all over again with the final fight and that with all the portals. And I'm like, yeah, you know I what? totally know what's going I on. I can't even remember <laughs> what you're talking about. And it's not a, it's not a purpose. I just don't. That, like I said before on the show and I've said other places, that movie is so fucking forgettable. I can't even remember. what I, I vaguely know what you're talking about. You edited the episode, sir. I know. Yeah, that movie is just so twice. forgettable. Fair enough. I Yeah, I, this, this, this really falls down his face for me. And... uh yeah, I won't repeat myself, but yeah, then we get so finally they make a nice a nice still stage for everyone to just sit and not move it's, for a minute. And I I didn't I, I I forgot this as I'm watching it. Like the only way that Kalis or Hannibal is that's what I'm trying to process real his name. Hannibal kills her, kills the ancient one, is because he he she's fighting someone else and he stabs through the guy to kill to stab her. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And there's there's a scene, and then like when, and then he stabs her. He pretty much kills her, kicks her out of the up through a portal. I don't know why he didn't just leave her in the mirror dimension, but kicks her out. She falls through 
you know, falls through glass and then, okay, I, there's a scene here about, we're about to get to that I, I can't wait to hear Bill's opinion on. But, like, when she hits the glass, he picks her up and he runs to the hospital and you see Rachel McAdams again, like, oh, God, not again. She hears his voice. <laughs> That's funny. And, That's actually that reaction. You know, he brings this woman, on, you know, has this woman on a gurney and I'm like, okay, you know, it makes sense. Like, hey, they need this. And then they let him in the fucking operating room. So stupid. I mean, listen, okay, come on and now. I'm just <laughs> hey, like, hey, we still have your scrubs there. They're strange. Hey, <laughs> Hey, wasn't your aren't your hands like ruined beyond recognition? He actually hands like the other doctor, like the little needle yeah. to like, hey, you do this because he knows he can't. But like, yeah, they just give him some scrubs. Come on in with your bloody face. Um, oh, yeah. No, I don't think they, they don't put him. Don't put a mask on while we're doing the I, I can't go into a supermarket right now without a mask on <laughs> to buy groceries, to buy bread. And they let this guy into an emergency room where they're starting a procedure completely maskless, just face and blood and sweaty head. And, and the, uh, towards the end, it, after that, then they put a mask on him, and you know, then it's like, okay, fine, I guess they don't need it for the initial procedure. Um, but right before that, right before that, I do want to say before you do that, wouldn't wouldn't his medical license been revoked? Because he's been gone at this point. I gotta say, it's been months. Not to mention you had the car accident. Wouldn't it be like, yeah, you don't work here anymore, sir? What are you doing? Why don't you just sit him down and say, hey, we got it. We'll do our best. Go on the way. Come on in. I remember you, but hey, my, one more turn around the gurney. Why not? Let's just <laughs> just come on, come on over. Oh, that, yeah, that, that was that did, that did get me too. I know well enough to know that he's going to put up a fight if they try to keep him out. Yeah, of there. but there's no way in hell they're going <laughs> to let him in there. Like, I mean, your wife could be dying. You ain't getting anywhere near there. When you're just some random guy who who used to work here and now been missing for months, and all of a sudden show up. You ain't coming back in this room. It'd be like, uh, sir, you're you don't you're not employed here anymore. Especially Please. after Christine's like, he was just here and he like was floating around as a ghost. And if he comes back up, call the cops. I'm sorry, you what were you gonna be, say, Bill? You know what have been interesting? I, I do want to go back to Tilda Swinton falling from eighty stories. <laughs> no shit. Which <laughs> I don't know. That caught me hard because I forgot that she slams to that ground with terminal velocity. It. <laughs> Whoa, I, I, that was a crushing, no no pun intended. That was a, I was a crushing scene. I, when he, she hits that ground, I jumped. I was like, oh, oh, that's that's rough. I mean, and it's comic booky because if you fell from that kind of height, you just wouldn't exist. Like there would be almost nothing left. There'd be pieces and parts literally everywhere. I can but, see that. Well, fortunately, I don't know this for a fact, but I may know for a fact, but I never experienced it. But if you jump off four stories, you're done. No, that's it. No, you're not. You you cannot survive a four story jump. No, if you do, isn't. if you do two, you probably never walk again. Well, there um, was a guy at the Mall of America that jumped off the second floor of the parking structure to escape the police. He survived. Yeah, you can survive he's a two story jump because they broke his legs when he hit the ground. But yeah, you shatter survived. your legs. I mean, you yeah. sh- you can survive a two story jump. You cannot survive a four because like maybe the one. No, maybe he was on the second floor. He jumped off the second floor to escape the police, and the police went and collected him at the bottom. Yeah, I, I know a little too much about this stuff. I researched it for a story I was writing way back when. So, um, yeah, there's a little thing called terminal velocity. Once you once you hit once you go around three stories, you've hit as fast as your body's gonna allow you to go fast, and then that's it. So if if you jump from the Empire State Building or four stories, when you hit the ground, you're going the same speed because again, your mass of your body does. That's it. You just, I, this is as far. It's as fast as your body can can flow. flow. I hate height. No, thank you. Like, yeah, no, I mean, listen, I don't think anyone should give this a shot. Like, if 
<laughs> don't no one like uh, I don't want I don't want people to think there's like a problem like you know like um Bill you, you know way too much about jumping out of buildings yeah I, it was research well, when I when I worked at the Mall of America this didn't happen to me but one of my coworkers once told me a story I'm gonna bring it up here because it seems like opportune time um the woman was on the fourth floor and he was cleaning he he went by her van cleaned the garbage around her van because he was just cleaning up and he got back in his truck he drove off after he drove off she got out of her van and jumped off the thing. That's and I remember he just he was telling me about it one night because we worked third shift together. And he's just like, I, he's like, it, it hit me like he's like, why didn't I do something? Because, again, it's not our job, nor would you think to go knock on someone and go, hey, are you OK? But he just says like it was a val- it was Valentine's Day, at like two in the morning or something or one in the morning. when People are still at the mall because they are. And, you know, he just didn't think, you know, and he, he remember him telling me, but he's like, it hit him. It hit him hard like that, she, that. He was the last person to see her alive before she just leave. Yeah, that's bad. Um, yeah. So, hey, <laughs> hey, everyone. Hope everyone's having a great day today, wherever you're listening to this. this it's March. Is it nice out? Like, take a walk, maybe? It's like spring, no matter somewhere where you are. It's spring when you hear this. Yes. So, yeah, I'll, I just wanted to point out how brutal and effective that was and just heart-stopping. Again, no freaking pun intended. Yeah. And then we get to that point where in the doctors, we just, they just let him scrub up and start operating. <laughs> I just love that because all I could think of was I just thought of Bill right away. I'm like, man, I'm, I bet he's thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, what the fuck is this guy doing? It doesn't work here. Like, that's all that came to my mind. And doesn't he have the ability to astro project? Like, doesn't he? Can't yes. he? So couldn't he just get astro projected himself? And he has yes. the ability to to manipulate physical space because we've seen this already. Couldn't he kind of just like guided the doctor a little bit? That would have been cool. I would have been into that. In the waiting room, sat down in the chair, left his body. Nobody right. would think he's sleeping in the waiting room because people sleep in waiting rooms and yeah. go and do what he had to do. But instead, no, nah, we're going to we're going to scrub up. We're going to grab the scalpel. We don't work here anymore, but they're going to let us hold that scalpel. Hey, hey, strange. You need your key card still because you might need this to get it. I ah, don't worry about it. We'll let you in. It's fine. It's fine. No, it's it's pretty stupid. And again, I would even like to, if a national projection kind of guided the doctor's hand. If it's Christine doing it, you know, that's a connection. You know, it's him and her and she can kind of feel his his him helping her kind of, you know, that would have been a much more effective way to handle that than just. But we still get an astral projection because him and Misty Ancient go off to look at a slow motion storm, which is actually right. really beautiful it's and cool. cool. It's a great scene. Great. Like just her talking, their conversation about how, you know, she's kind of fears death a little bit and how I think she's been alive for hundreds and hundreds of years at this point. They do make a comment that she's She's ancient. Yeah, she's well, that too, but she's Celtic. (laughs) It's almost like like the Viking. So she's been around a long time. And I like how you have this moment where she's just realizing it's over and she's like, I shouldn't be scared. Like, it's just so good. And right before she dies, she grabs his hand. The astral projection grabs his hand, holds it for a second, and then she's gone. And I just, this scene hit me. It was really good. It's really, really fantastic. Um, yeah, just some really good work by two good actors. Excuse yes. me. Um, yeah. She it's talks about being able to see into the future, but never past this moment. He's yes. Like, oh, this is the moment you think you die. Which implies that she knew that Strange was coming, and she knew that when she um, sent him to Everest, she knew he would come back. Which kind of makes a lot of that scene, a lot of this stuff feel less tense. Uh, um, yeah. But uh, whatever, it's fine. I, again, it's, it's, it. I, I'm all about trading things like that for for good scenes, and this is a perfectly fine trade. And also, throughout the throughout the movie, she never says "I," she says "your eye," and I took it as she was referencing the eye of Agamotto because she oh, knew. No. I always took it as like your third eye, like your mental. That makes more sense. Yeah, but I like my theory. <laughs> okay, we'll go <laughs> with that. Then. My wife said the same thing. She was thinking his mind's eye, and I was like, "No, it's the eye of Agamotto." And then you said it, and now so I'm two against one. So you probably <laughs> are right because that would make more sense. 
Oh, yeah, because it's usually perceived like in the forehead, and that's where she puts her thumb when she sends him into the LSD world. Now your story makes even more sense. <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> so then we, um, of course, uh, Miss uh, Swinton passes away. That's a shame. Very sad. And then She'll we get back. to the... She will be back. Yes, she will. <laughs> don't, don't, don't cry for her too much. We shall see her again. Um, uh, then you get he gets to hold Rachel McAdams' hands and, while they're washing hands. This is extremely sweet, and I'm so glad this didn't end with a kiss, because guess what I was saying? <laughs> I know what you were saying. <laughs> no, don't, don't. And I would have bought this more than, of course, you know, Thor and, and, and Padme. <laughs> and... I had a whole conversation about this with, with my wife when we were watching when we were watching this. I'm like, you see, now Bill will be okay with this because it's kind of earned. Now, if it wasn't earned, Bill would be telling me all it would be very upset right now. I would be upset. I am not upset. I think it was very sweet. Um, you know, it's obviously much better than Captain America smooching a niece. Oh, which God. Was just, I, which I can't get over that almost. I almost can't yeah, get over that. Yeah, watch you grow up. Let's kiss. What? What are you doing? I don't know yet. Stop it. So, yeah. So, this is great. She gets she gives him a little smooch, right? It's an effective little cheek kiss. It's a tender moment. It's got some weight to it because this has been earned because we've seen these two kind of go through some ups and downs. And uh, they've been together. It's not like, you're hot. Let's sleep right. together. They have a history. I think this was it's very well done. And again, I was very pleased when it was just this cute little smooch, affectionate, lets him go and realizes he's got to go. And then uh, he goes off to our final act. Oh, but also when we were watching the scene, I brought up like how you hate the Natalie Portman thing. And then I and I did make the comment about how I'm like, she's only with him because she because he's hot. And Tiff's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, you can believe things you want about that movie, but I don't, you know, I, that's that's that that bit's inexcusable. I don't know how. <laughs> hey, again, enjoy what dig what you dig, but I don't know. I don't know oh, how to argue that one. Just, the, the cape is wiping tears off his eyes right after that scene too. I it's didn't catch so that. It's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. I guess okay, the good boy. Him kind of snapping at it was an ad lib from a. Uh, from uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, you told the crew about it, and they're like, yeah, that's good. We'll put that in. Oh, okay. <laughs> stop, stop it. <laughs> I love ad-lib, like, yeah. actors, especially, like, in, the, in a case like this where there is nothing, you know, but a green screen type thing. Like, that's really cool that he's such a good actor. Oh, he's fantastic. I mean, again, Cumberbatch. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I, I just thought about this. It's like the cape is almost like a very sentient puppy. <laughs> like, he's a good boy. Like when he when he when he wiped his tears, like oh, you're a good boy. Yeah, oh, good girl. Oh, and when he goes to Hong Kong uh, and you see all the people, they say where Wong's like grab your weapons. One of the girls in the background, who they don't name, but the staff she is carrying, apparently she's one of the runaways from uh, Nico uh, Marvel. Hmm? Huh? Uh, what the runaway that uses the staff is Nico. Weird. I don't know if it's is it Nico. The which, this would have been before that show yes, started, yes. I think. Before okay. the Runaway series came out, which they said, well, there's even a th- reference on this because this came out before then, where, oh, maybe it's going to tie into the the TV show. Spoiler alert, the Marvel shows don't tie into the movies like they said they would. Spoilers! Only only Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that was sort of. Minimal. That's season one. Yeah. Goes away after that when they're like, this is too hard. Yeah, that that's just a little thing that I wanted to point out, that she's one of those characters, supposedly. Okay, that's all I got. But oh, yeah. a cool- That's cool. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have got that by looking at it. I wouldn't have either because I don't know anything about the Runaways. I'm just reading stuff. That's all I know. I watched first couple episodes. It's not bad. I got broken on Shield and I got broken. <laughs> connect, so I just don't care. someday I'll finish it in Cloak and Dagger. You can say. Oh, did we lose you for a second? No, I'm good. I was just listening to you. I saw about combo books. I think yes. I know nothing about. So <laughs> just... and apparently that wand that Wong is holding is a wand of a tomb. 
I don't know yes. what the Wanda Watum is, but apparently that's what it is. Apparently it's a thing. I like how you said that these all have D&D names. This is very good. <laughs> <laughs> they're magic items. They are mad. They're epic weapons. That's how I kind of framed it in my notes. Um, but yeah, we get to Hong Kong and, and we have Wong and them kind of defending the sanctum. They don't do anything. They just kind of line up, you know, for the battle. And then How's we that? cut to NY to New York, right? Like they don't fight anything until we oh, cut to New York where um, Mordo learns about um, Tilda Swinton passing. I love how he blames the dark magic. He blames that. He's like, you, you, he keeps a, th- a theme he keeps saying is the bill always comes due. And that's what he thinks. He's like, the bill always comes due. And he, that's when he really kind of, you know, he's, he's broken bad for now, for a while now, but no, it's a good scene. And like, I like how the whole time they're spent talking and he, t- and he's talking about how, you know, Tilda died and everything. And when they go to Hong Kong, everything is fucked. Like, I love that. Ended. They you lost. lost. <laughs> you yeah. lost. They came to fight and the fight's already over. It's a good scene when he realizes that the only option he has is the rewind time. And I like that, like Hannibal is just about to kill him right when he starts rewinding time. That yeah, is like, yep. another second. He had a glass. Well, yeah. Glass, and ice glass in his eye. And the scene where they start rebuilding, everything that starts happening in reverse is so damn good, though. I can't be the only one that really loved it, right? Yeah, oh, like, it's like it yeah. actually affects them. They have to dodge the cars driving backwards and stuff. And I like how he can release certain people. He releases Mordo from the time warp. He releases Wong later on after he brings him back from life, brings him back to life. And I like how Hannibal ends up breaking out of it. Like at one point, all the disciples start to break out of the time warp and are chasing after them. Like they have the power to manipulate reality. And the director's got more horror vibes here because they kind of like shake around and then they're automatically facing the other direction. It's, ugh, it's creepy. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's a, there's also a really very quick but very effective moment where as things are going backwards and resetting, um, they show a head-on collision going backwards. And this lady was thrown 15 feet from her car. So you see her going backwards into her car. That struck me hard, too. He's like, yeah, oofa, 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 that's rough. <laughs> I told my wife, I was like, I kind of want a gif of that just to work <laughs> on Friday, like, <laughs> flying backwards in your car to get out of there. Yeah, <laughs> time to get, time to go. I do like the part where she gets, like, the one girl gets locked in the aquarium really quick. Like, I like oh. that, too. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it, Castle everyone... Bondiato, the guy on the wall. Yep, there's, lo- there's lots of really cool. Um, they utilize this effect for to great effect, and um, I agree with you. I think it's really fun them having to work around non-conventional environmental hazards. Like it, it's it's just really fun, and it's it's it is a blast. It's and unlike the Legoing of the previous action scene, you know where everything is because these are buildings and these are it's destruction being fixed, and and the good guys kind of succeeding right we're fixing things we're 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 taking on the 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 bads and 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 succeeding so it's a very effective scene very well done i feel like i wasn't i wasn't bored at all during any of this like i was just enjoying myself and i'm not i mean i I do like cg stuff i shouldn't say i don't but i this one i thought was just really good like you see the world start to come back together from where doramu was about to take over and i don't remember what it is that flips somebody i do like to i should say right before when he does when wong comes back to life because wong had said he shouldn't mess with time mess with time and stuff he's like I'm glad you didn't listen or something like that. Oh, he's just breaking the laws of nature. I know. And that's when he replies. <laughs> he realizes he's like, well, don't stop now. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Good. I like that. Good. Keep doing yeah, it. Wong's pretty great. And his actor's actual name, Benedict Wong. Yep. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. cool. That's easy to remember. It's just <laughs> such. And then I, I want, oh, and then what does, what is the catalyst that's, oh, okay. So 
Hannibal does uh, Donkey Kong Smash, and that's what ends up breaking the time spell that he has going on. So that's why Doctor Strange, because he failed again, essentially, and that's why Doctor Strange then goes all the way to Doramu. But there's a small scene that I'm going to do a little rant because I've been watching way too many documentaries lately. You see a guy, a street vendor, cooking shrimp, and you see a scene where the shrimp and the noodles are all up in the air. And if that is probably a real like street vendor cart, because in a lot in a lot of Asian cities, or probably a lot of cities all the world, but I know for sure in Asia cities, because I've been watching a documentary about Asia street street foods, they do cook like that. And and I was watching these things, they don't have gloves, they don't have any of the standards that we would like have to have in America. But I mean, that's just it's fine. Like it's just what they do. And it, it, it's all interesting because that's how it is. Like just some guy <coughs> with his little cart just cooking food or an 80 year old woman with no teeth, just cooking her cooking food and selling it to people. Like that's a real thing all over the place in some of these countries. And to me, like, you know, in America, I feel like we wouldn't really think about that because you, you, you don't know. We don't know a lot. Well, I mean, they do in some places, but it just kind of hit me because I'm watching a documentary a lot. So I just wanted to say that they're walking the walk. Yes. <laughs> Enough <laughs> my rant. Please continue on. I, I just had to get that out there. Somebody, somebody was interested. I think besides me, <laughs> I think I've seen, I, mean, I want to hear me, but I don't know if anyone else did. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, sautéing shrimp in a thing that's not been washed for a hundred years. No, that's, mm-hmm. it's fair. It's no, I mean, I was watching, like, delicious, I was street food but... things, and there was, like, one where they were in, I was in India, they were making food, and they were using, like, they weren't using plate, they were using, like, this, like, big leaf as the plate to put the food on, and she just grabbing the food with her hand, doing this, and mixing it, and I'm just like, hmm, you know, okay, neat, but it was, it's, it's very cool, like, I, I've been learning a lot about street food, by the way, thanks to Netflix. Yeah, so not not to not to completely divert, but um, so when when he when do? Strange flies to when Strange flies because again this is the first time we've actually I think seen him fly other than the yeah the initial him the hero shot in New York uh, when he flies to Dormano did anyone think how can you breathe like are there questions like that in this movie the answer is magic okay yeah that, well, that's the, the <laughs> yes that is the uh, that's the vaseline that kind of goes over your eyes and say it's magic so magic magic breath very good I, what do you all think about how he solved the problem of because this is not really a fight so much as just solving a problem it's a battle um, of attrition it's a battle of attrition and a really oper- showing of self-sacrifice because you know, like, you know obviously what he does to dormano he gives a bargain he creates a time loop and with that time loop, he just basically over and over again comes back to get slain in a different brutal way. And the way he is dispatched are brutal and kind of gross. You yep. know, like he gets those yep. spears through his body. More, more horror vibes. Very horror vibes. He gets, he gets blown up. Like he just get keeps he keeps jumping on this on this earth thing, planet thingy, right in front of Dormammu's. Like I come to bargain, and he just kills him, and then. I like how it takes a few times before Dharma realizes what's happening, but he realizes it that he's stuck in this time loop too. Yeah, and we realize it too. We realize it. That's kind of what us realizing it as as people. Kind, Michael. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say they they mentioned a couple of times that time has no relevance in this realm, so he doesn't even understand what's going on. Like we oh, said. Oh, right. He didn't. They did mention that that yeah, time was. So basically, he's just and he tells he says, "Look, I'm just going to keep doing this for for forever." So if you want to sit here and, and slay me forever instead of eating up more worlds, that's not this bargain. Just let's let's get out. And finally, Doramo agrees and moves his dimension. Okay. <laughs> I I like though, like it's the second time it happened that that's when he realizes he's that it's already happened. 
I thought that's just cool. Like it doesn't take long. And then he's, no, like, he, he's, he's doing it. <laughs> and I love, I really do love, it's almost comedic. It's almost Gardens of the Galaxy comedic where, where the big villain who again is this, I want to destroy your world and eat your brains. And he, he, he kind of has this one. What's going on? <laughs> I had a good laugh at that. He's like, oh, what are you doing? He's extremely confused. And I like confused big bads. I don't know why. It kind of tickles me. It's kind of like the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. When, when, what are you doing? What are you Call doing? Call it a distraction. Call it a yeah. turd blossom. It's so funny. So it's a very kind of comedic, but it's also very effective. And it's good. And it really shows that Strange is now become is becoming selfless to experience this getting destroyed and killed over and over and over and over again um i mean dormado could have just like i don't know toyed with him you know for like infinity like all right well i'm just not gonna kill you i'm just gonna like injure you to the point of incapacitation and just play with you forever but <laughs> i guess he wants to get on to get on with uh with eaton worlds because that's what he's here to do that's his thing and you're 100 uh, galactus what's that is 100% Galactus before they had Galactus. Oh, I, let me guess. Sony probably owns Galactus. They oh, traded him like Rachel <laughs> McAdams and two baseball players for the use of him for five minutes. I hate this. Oh, uh, we get the Spider-Man homecoming. God. Uh, Galactus is bundled in with the Fantastic Four. But they own oh, him now. Well, well they yeah. own him now, but they probably didn't own him at the time. Yeah, because... they didn't have him. Because at this time, this is when Fox was still Fox, not Disney Fox. So they didn't have the rights to X-Men <laughs> I mean, or Fantastic Four. They stayed... As we will see in the next move, in the next movie we're going to talk about, Ergo was also a Fox <laughs> property, but they they worked out a deal to get Ergo. I just I can't. You know what? I just don't. I just don't like this. It's, it's stupid. For Christ's sake! It's so. I get it. There's millions, of, billions of dollars at stake, but Lordy, it's just weird. The trading of properties just makes me really. I would love to see like a a video of just how these properties were traded, like just almost like the draft. Like this was the the 2016 draft where you know Marvel traded up to the 15th spot to select Gormamo, but they had to trade <laughs> Dormamo to Galactus. Like, ah. It's uh, it had to do in the '90s when they sold all the properties off. And I then, know, I know. <laughs> Marvel Marvel had to pay the rent. They sold all the properties, and now that they're the biggest movie franchise in the world, they got to get them all back. Like, and all the other property else, owners are like, "Hey, hey we got still we cash Namor. in." Sorry, I think yeah. Namor is still owned by someone else. I could be wrong, but I don't give a shit. Namor can stay where I don't never need to see Namor. So I'm good. Deal them for God's sake. All right, he's one of the ones the Universal has, along with Hulk. Uh, they they need to get Hulk back, but I don't think they ever will at this point. Uh, do they need to? Do we need another Hulk solo movie? No, but they, they should at no, least own it. Ragnarok, that's all we need. Yeah, that, that's that's true. Okay, so then after that, he does come with a bargain to Dormammu, and he tells Dormammu to take Hannibal back and leave the Earth, and he does. And I, I like it when he takes them. It's like they're not excited about what's happening. Well, they like, they are at first. It's like. We want to be part of the one. He's like, well, you're going to be part of the one, but you're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I've been there, and it's not it's not pleasant. There's uh, the accommodations. Not great. Not and they great. get snapped. They turn to dust. Yeah, basically, uh, which is very kind of creepy as well. They kind of turn into husks as they're taken yeah, up to... Yeah, like uh, husks, might say, right? Yeah, exactly. So they turn into husks as they get taken up to their beloved one, and then Dormammu moves on. He, and he takes his dimension... Puts it into fifth, four, puts it into drive, and rooms off into the into the to the nether worlds. So. That's where they make the joke about you really should have stolen the whole book. The warnings come after the spell, and then you have Wong start <laughs> laughing one. for the first time. Good one. It's yeah. a it's a good payoff to a setup that we were complaining about. Like, oh, I just took the whole book. Yeah, that probably wouldn't have been a good idea. He probably would have just stopped the movie. He probably looked at it like, ew, that's uh, hmm. maybe I reconsider this. 
<laughs> and then you'd be able to use the time time stone to reset the time, refill, rebuild the sanctum. But my only question is the New York sanctum wasn't destroyed. So even though they destroyed the Hong Kong sanctum, just because they attacked the New York sanctum, I feel like that wouldn't affect it. But that's never explained exactly. Yeah, I don't think they, they, they don't really get into that too much. No, they don't. And I like it after they save the day and they walk away, like, we did it. And this is when you see Mortal just, he's done. Like, he just, because they violated the natural law and they went against what he believed in. And he found out that his, the person he looked up to was not what he thought she was. He just, he can't, he has to walk away. Like, again, like you were yeah. saying before, Bill comes due. That's it. Yeah, his his sense of personal morality has been violated, and he he doesn't believe you should mess around with this stuff. He's like, this is yeah, you won, but you did so by violating the very rules that this organization stands for. And if you're willing to do that to to save the day, then I can't be a part of it. And then he's got an anger. He's been betrayed. He feels betrayed by by sorcery and this again this entire organization. So he just goes off. And again, his is, this is a failing in him and not seeing the bigger picture. In that the world would have been destroyed by the giant CGI face. Yeah. But you know, hey, sometimes you got to break a few eggs if you're making an omelet. But he does not believe in that. His he probably thought we could have done something else. Hong Kong's gone. Oh well, let's hopefully we can save something else. You know, wherever. But <laughs> Yeah, that's that's his morality, and he goes off and becomes, I guess, villainous. We would clearly be villainous because what we see in the mid credit scene. But before that, we get to our epilogue when Strange is in New York. He returns the time zone begrudgedly. <laughs> but he has it next time you see him. So yeah, I guess he, he, didn't he, he has free Wong. access to it. But I think Wong's point is like he, Wong actually says it's probably not a good idea to wear an Infinity Stone around your neck at all times. Like probably yeah. here. But does I think he has it when Infinity War starts because that's why Thanos comes to New York if I remember or why not Thanos but whoever comes to New York if I remember yeah, correctly. For sure. it's, it's been a, we still thankfully have a few movies before we get there. Thankfully. Not we have one <laughs> two we have four more movies before we get to Infinity War. Man, long you've been doing this a while, fellas. Yes, we have. But they're not good until Black Panther. Uh, I, gotta, I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen Black Panther, and it's been forever. He's lying. Just take it that uh, way. There's there's one bad movie and three really good movies. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know you don't like. There that is one bad movie, but it's not the same one you're talking about. <sighs> we, got we got some interesting episodes coming up, folks. Yeah, he's not a fan of Thor Ragnarok, but okay. Uh, and when he's in New York, he puts on the watch, and he still has the watch that Rachel gave him. It's very sweet. <laughs> Christine. It has on the. I think we finally see the underside. I forget what was written on the underside of the watch. Something um, about time. Yes. Yeah. Time will show you how much I love you, or something like that. Yep. Because yeah, she was a time traveler's wife, so of course she wrote something about time. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I never was... seen that movie, unfortunately. Yet I've always wanted to, though. Oh, she dates the Hulk in that movie. Well, a Hulk. <laughs> One of the three Hulks. <laughs> and then and you it. get the first. Then you get the credits. Still no fucking title card. But comes right after credits comes right after the credit starts and you get credit starts and then the title card. I, I like how that's became a thing in the show because of me, because I have it a is. thing for credit cards. I, I have a thing. For, card. a, you have a thing for Scarlett Johansson title cards. And um, what did we learn during Sin City? Something about like S&M? <laughs> yeah. Leather, I think it was. it. Yeah. So we've learned a lot about Mike. We'll go with leather right now. <laughs> uh, I forgot about yeah no I completely forgot I said that I didn't I I've been saving that little one in my pocket Are you kidding me <laughs> uh, that I, I did the edit of that that's still in the episode I didn't edit it out but when I did the edit of that so whew, it took me like a month to edit that thing oh really just because I just didn't do it 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant it was just brutal and you took a while. Anyway. Well, I mean, again, with like these, for those that listen to the show, the MCU, we record these, these movies episodes so far in advance just to have them done because of, and so I don't, I don't have to rush it. I work on other stuff, but I, I, this, the first mid credit scene really bugs me because I don't like, like I, when I first saw it, it's, I thought it was super cool where you have Dr. Strange is talking to Thor and Thor's like, Hey, you know, I don't, you know, like you know, how he doesn't like the fact that Loki is here and it's cool. But it oh he also has the gloves on that Doctor Strange wears and he doesn't have the Ivog model either which he's supposed to have but it bugs me because it's it's just actually just a scene from the later movie I like it when they like I don't like when they do that I like it to be a brand new scene that connects the movies not a scene that's from another movie you just put it earlier just to get people excited that is this up. from is this from another movie. This is for oh, Ragnarok. Oh, see, I don't remember. Man, I remember so little from Ragnarok. I remember liking it. I saw it on my phone in ac- across two or three lunch breaks at work. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so I, I don't remember a lot of it, to be honest. This might be like a new viewing. Okay, because I'm my I'm looking at like, where does this fit? Because it's not finding Odin. What? Where? Ooh. Missing, him and Loki come down and they meet up with Dr. Strange. They have this little scene. But I just don't like scenes like that. They got kind of lazy with our... Uh... I think they only do it in movies because Ant-Man did the same thing where it was something from Civil War. Right. Yeah, yeah you're right. Do it after this, though. I don't remember I last time, but we'll find out because it's it's been a while. But after you have that little scene, then you have the actual like kicker of this movie at the very end of the credits where Mortal shows up to Pangborn and pretty much just kills him to take his power. Yeah. Yes, there are too many sorcerers, so he takes the magic from Pangbor, which he uses to walk, so he just crumples to the ground. Which is so scary and creepy, and I love, again, actors whose name I can't pronounce, but who's very good, and I apologize if for some random reason, universe, multiverse, you're listening to this. (laughs) His face is chilling. Like, it's chilling. It's got this almost pained look to his face, but it's also this so determined, like, the world has too many sorcerers. Oh boy, that is chilling. And I'm and assuming he's going to be the, the, the villain, I'm sure, I, in multiverse. I so. hope not. I hope oh. that they put him in multi. This is my prediction. I don't think it can come true. This is what I, so I want. He's in multiverse of madness, but he just kind of plays like a supporting villain. And in the third movie, when they do a third one, they make him the fi- the villain to end the trilogy. That's what I want personally. Oh. Hmm. Because I feel like Multiverse of Madness, there are many people you can pull from that I don't know of. I don't know Doctor Strange, Tom, but I, I guarantee you there's got to be somebody they can pull from that would be a that would be the perfect villain besides him for that movie. Is there going to be another? Is there going to be two Strange movies in Phase Four? <sighs> Not they haven't said. Okay, I, just, I thought they announced all of them for four. Uh, yeah, they didn't. Phase Phase Four only has the one. Doctor Strange movie. Actually, Phase Four is mostly not even movies. It's mostly TV shows. Oh, yeah, you're right. Real quick. Phase four, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternal, Spider-Man 3, Thor, Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Then it's a TV series, WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, and She-Hulk. God, are those all series? Like six episode series, yes. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Like mini movies, oh. essentially. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm actually okay with that. And I'm, actually, what I'm if, actually looking forward to Winter Soldier and Falcon. And what That's if it's animated? Fun. So okay. it's not, I don't consider it really there, but Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She Hawk, Loki, those will all be Falcon Winter Soldier, like stuff that continues on. And WandaVision, we're supposed to get in 2020. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, we already got WandaVision. <laughs> and I know that she's going to be uh, in the Doctor Strange movie, too. They've already announced. I'm so excited for that. I really like her. <laughs> yep. Another one. Uh, 
I think she's great. I, I, I think her, her whole thing of Scarlet Witch is just great. I, I, I agree. She's overpowered. She's a good device to move movies along, but she's a very good actress. And I, I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to WandaVision. I might actually watch these things. I don't watch TV, but I may accept. I watch some TV. But, after but, we get done with this, after Phase 4 is done in a couple of years from now, maybe we'll go back and do Phase 4. I don't know. But maybe. It won't, I can tell you right now, it will not be right when Phase 4 starts. It will be a while. <laughs> Once we finish all these and they all come out, hopefully in 2021, my goal, we're, nope. I'm done for a while. Hey, yeah, when, when movies are all releasing straight to Disney+, Plus, it would make it a lot easier for us to do them right away. By the time you hear this, I should be in the midst of, of my podcast series, so I don't know if I'll be doing much of anything else. Plug that in the beginning. I'm going to plug it in. That's uh, all right. You don't have to. It's, okay. it's, not, actually, it's not there yet. Can we record these so far? <laughs> uh, it doesn't do, exist yet, no. Um, any last thing to say about Doc Train before we introduce next 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 movie? I don't know. Just, and then just shelf and box, I guess. Okay. So, all right, we do the box first, then we do. What the hell am I saying? Shelf or box? God, Listen. God. You know, it's only if somebody had this written down in notes in his phone to the left of him, he could have opened up and looked at. But nah, yeah. <laughs> we started early today. We'll give you we'll give you a pass this week. Yeah, this is yeah. We started early. Right, go for it. All right, um, I'll go first. This is going on the shelf. I enjoyed this movie a lot the first time I saw it. Saw it. Saw it. What the hell was I'm saying? Saw it. Saw it. Saw it. I don't know what I was trying to say. I think I'm trying to say saw it and saw it somehow. I think is what might have almost came out. <laughs> first time i saw it i enjoyed it when i watched it on netflix a couple of years ago i enjoyed it again when i watched it this third time i enjoyed it when i watched it this fourth time during the recording i still enjoyed it it's going on the show i really like this movie i mean rachel McAdams is not her but i really like this movie. i, I like bending cumberbatch i like just i think that this movie it's not like it's not my top marvel movie or anything like that not nowhere near but it makes me feel good i have a good time heroes aren't fighting each other you know so it's a good movie so it's going on the shelf how about you, Mike? Uh, this is one of the very few... Man, I must have got out of MCU for a while because some of Phase 3 I didn't see in theaters. I didn't see this until it came to Netflix. It's fine. It's another origin movie just to introduce a character that's going to play a bigger part later in the MCU, which, you know, that's kind of how things go. Special effects are cool, but the plot wasn't enough to keep me going. I think I need to put this in the box. Because like I said, the very start of this whole thing, the, the reserve for the upper echelon of MCU movies, and I just don't think this fits the bill that comes due, as Mordo would tell <laughs> Oh, McAdams is not going to be in the next movie. Oh. Wow, how are you going to do that? Maybe she's getting to her own movie as the Night Nurse. Nah, oh, is she, is she, is she, no, she's not the Night Nurse, though. That's, uh, God. There the were three, was... according According to Wikipedia, there are three characters named Night okay. Nurse. Okay, the one because I know another one that was Night Nurse was in the Daredevil show that's played by the girl, the bondage girl, the dominatrix girl in Sin City. I can't remember her name, Rosario Dawson. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Dare- we close that loop. <laughs> yeah, really. Wow, they came full circle. Okay, I didn't expect the box, but I'm, I shouldn't be surprised because you have bad taste in MC movies and Phase Three. I'm finding out, so it's okay. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Shots I, I, fired. <laughs> Wait I can't wait until next about. week. <laughs> no. Hmm. Okay. Right, that won't be next week. Can well, we, I mean, next, next for us? Oh. Unless you guys want to. But that's, well, that's how about you, Bill? You know, it's interesting. I, I've still now subscribed to Michael's opinion on the shelfer box because having that kind of like yay or nay is interesting because the shelf is short and limited, but the box is vast. Now, you can put things in the box. The boxes are never ending. But my shelf is rarefied. I Based on that, this is a B-level Marvel movie. It's good. I really enjoy it. I like having 
a new type of world. Uh, this mysticism in the Marvel Universe is very interesting. It's not just space demons and super suits and super soldiers and war dudes and army guys. This is a very interesting world that I really like. I believe. I think the effects were are very novel for the. I keep saying for the time it was four years ago. Like this wasn't <laughs> this wasn't twenty two thousand eight, right? The effects are really cool. Um, I do think it does disservice to the action to a certain extent, but for the most part, the action is a lot of fun. Um, there's some dumb points, but it's a movie. And it's going to happen for the most part. I I enjoy this movie quite a bit. I'm going to put it on the shelf because I don't want to forget it exists. Because if it goes in the box, I'm going to forget about it. <laughs> this is something I would like to have like. But I guess on the shelf, that's like high. I don't have to reach for it. Like it's not something I'm gonna see. I'm gonna I'm gonna dust it every six weeks and say, oh, Doctor Strange, cool, and then put it back. I don't really see it. <laughs> yeah, so it's gonna go on the shelf because I I like it enough to make it there. But it had to be a pretty big shelf for it to uh, exist. So I like this movie quite a bit. And you know what, Benedict Cumberbatch, <sighs> just your dreamy cheekbones and your excellent <laughs> acting, just. Makes me just makes me swoon. So um, I I'm a fan. Shelf. I might have to watch that animated one again. It's been a while. See how it compares. Good. I remember. Yeah, I remember liking it too, and the Iron Man one. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> I've I, I've watched it once. I remember not liking it, and I've also rewatched the tried rewatching the Hulk vs Thor vs Wolverine. Yeah, that's not that Hulk vs Thor is not very good either. And do not watch Ultimate Avengers animated film. Do not. They're fine. Next mm. Avengers is good. Okay, Next Avengers is good, but the but the uh, the end the ultimate one maybe it's because I think they're assholes to each other, and I just don't like <laughs> they are heroes that. fighting heroes. <laughs> and I think they fight each other, and that makes me I, I, that's a thing I've realized throughout this. All right, I'm going to introduce our next episode of this. We're we are going to be covering Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two next time. <laughs> As you've no mm. doubt learned at this point, Mike's got strong feelings about it. Sure I've does. It, I've seen it once all the way through in theaters. I didn't like it. I watched it on Netflix when Netflix got it about a year ago. I couldn't even finish the movie. <laughs> now I have no choice but to finish it for next time we do this. So we'll see. Maybe I'll be surprised and I'll think it's the best movie ever. No. I doubt it. You never know. I am. I'm looking forward to my third or fourth rewatching of this. I've saw it in theaters. Loved it. Saw it on Netflix. Loved it again. And then Oh, no, it's will be my third watching. I own it on Blu-ray. This is the last Blu-ray, Marvel Blu-ray I own, because I think it was on my list for two years, and then finally someone for Christmas just got it for me, finally. Um, they must not yeah, like it. No. It was one of those, you know, yeah, everyone has their Amazon list for, for family who still buy you presents. You're like, here, just get me something I was going to get for myself at some point. So that was one of those. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to analyzing the soundtrack again. I'm okay kind of that. going through the soundtrack. That was going to be a lot of fun. I don't remember the soundtrack to this at all. I don't remember it being nearly as good as the first one. No, I, I, neither, neither do I. So it'll be interesting to go through it because the soundtracks to these films are very important uh, to the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So um, looking forward to seeing this again. And my, hopefully my wife can join me. <laughs> Maybe by this time our kid is actually sleeping more than three hours at a stretch because she has not joined me for the last couple because, you know, we have a newborn. That newborn doesn't care about our schedule. Cares about only her own. So yep, that's the joys of newborns. It's just what it is. So hopefully, I'm sleeping more than five hours a day. So, <laughs> but five hours isn't bad for for a, for a seven week old. So anyway, um, actually, yeah, it's not actually that bad. My son didn't uh, know what sleep was. It's like sleep. No, I only sleep when you hold me and we walk back and forth. Yeah. Otherwise, oh I scream at you. 
Yeah, you said your kid was. Oh yeah, it's right here. Oh man, he had meningitis, and we didn't know it at first. So the first few months of his brain trying to come outside of his head were not very fun for him or me. Oh my god, my I told my wife about that. This is off topic, but I told my wife about yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike's child had meningitis, and she went. Oh, oh she yeah, I, exactly. What I'll you never were forget. Talking about we were. It was our third or fourth ER visit in different days. And they said he has meningitis. I remember I had, and they were going to do the spinal thing to check to see if he had it, where they 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 go into his spine. And I'm like, I have to leave. I had to go sit in the car. I could not be in that room when they did that. I'm like, I can't do this. No. Jesus. Yeah. Right. So when I went into the ER there a couple months ago, they suspected I might have had it. So they had to test for that. And it uh, it felt like having a barbed fish hook like, shoved into your spine and they kind of twisted around a little bit. It's not Did good. Did you tell them your favorite movie was Hulk when they do the domination? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Make me abomination. So the next, so the next time I stub my toe and go, ah, son of a, burr, I should think about um, <laughs> perspective. Bill, just it's, relax. It's not great. They they did it twice. So they're like, yeah, we can't find what we're looking for. You, you think you could do it one more time? I'm like, just just get it over with. And do it. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show, but I, my favorite thing about pediatric med- medicine, I think pediatric pediatric medicine, unless you have like a meningitis or something, is useless because every time we go in with something, it's like, oh, that's normal. That's fine. That's just it's fine. Yeah, she keeps spitting up a lot. Oh, is she complaining? No, that's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. She'll grow <laughs> out of that. It's no big deal. Um, she she actually has an issue where um, yeah, she has this horrendous rash. Like it's really hurting her. Oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Just throw some cream on there. It's good. Um, she's growing horns and a tail and breathing <laughs> fire. I, I'm really concerned. Oh, no, she'll grow out of that. We call that halitosis osis. It's, it's, by the time she's four months, it'll, it'll, the hole will close up. It's good. <laughs> I love she's not wrong, went, though. <laughs> We went to the heart doctor. My wife yesterday went to the heart doctor, and they said they're like she has a little tiny hole in her heart, but don't worry about it. It's fine. It should seal up. We're not concerned. No one's worried. Just hole in her heart. It's fine. It's it'll it'll seal up on its own. It's good. Everything is just hand woven by pediatric doctors. But anyway, I, complete side time. side conversation. Complete side. Yeah, conversation. It's the end of the show. That's fine. People, <laughs> you just gonna cut this out. That's fine. Just, know just, what we're about at this point. Snip this out. It's fine. I won't. But all right, and Bill, why don't you give a plug to your podcast that will be oh, live at this point? That's right. Hopefully, this is you know me me plugging it on this show six months in advance is actually inspiring me to actually do it because at this moment it's like I still need to schedule interviews. I think I have a Twitter account I made. I don't know. Like I'm just dragging my feet. So this is going to spur me on to get some work done. Uh, the show is called A Gamer Looks at Forty. Uh, 2021 is going to be my 40th year on this planet. And I, I rarely delve into the world of nostalgia. I, I'm not a nostalgic person. But I figured I would look back on my history of games um, one episode or one year per episode. Um, it's the history of games as told through the people who lived it. It's a, it's a show with stories and recollections. We're not going to tell you that Mario 2 was Doki Doki Panic. We're not going to <laughs> you know, go through that those well-worn knowledge bases. But... Um, it's just gonna be about stories from people, like where they were when Mario was released. You know, this the game experiences that shapes our lives as we kind of live our lives um, involved in this hobby and this medium. To be pretty neat. Uh, again, one episode per one year per episode. There's gonna be some special ones sprinkled in. I'm gonna do one episode just on Mario because Mario is a landmark moment, and I think people have a lot of experience with that. I want to do one on the um, rise of the MMORPG. Because a lot of people experience their first communities in that in that in that world, you know, um, you know fighting games, that kind of thing. So um, it's probably gonna last longer than a year, um, based on how I want to do it. But uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully, it's in progress. So a gamer looks at forty wherever you find your podcast of choice. 
And there will be links in the show notes as long as he gets me a link at the time. And I still remember in six months when this comes out. I, I will probably not let you forget it. So I won't forget it either. I have surprisingly, like when we go back and I and I read and I republish episodes, I can remember what to plug from even though I haven't heard it. Like so again, I have never been in love the way I am with this podcast. So hey, you know, you I, it's, a, it's a weird thing. <laughs> you hear that, Tiff? She knows. <laughs> <laughs> she knows. Uh, it, it, it's like I have never been this passionate about a project and I, like, and I've been doing this after everything that's gone through with this show and all the ups and downs. Like, it, it's something that if I can make a living off podcasting and like just entertain, like I wouldn't want to do my own. I would want to make a living off working for someone else if they keep paying me. But I, I have found my passion in life. It will never happen. But I found my passion. It ain't never happened. You never know, right? Come on. By this yeah. time, hey, this is released in March. You could be, um, you know, just uh, monetizing and telling us all how we should um, use but Dollar Shave do. Club between like me, episodes. If I, if I was monetizing <laughs> the show and making like, you know, making the like, real money, I still wouldn't stop working because I'd be too worried to have my whole income off something that could change. Hey, listen, you oh, know no. what? Sometimes you got to jump off the ledge in order yeah. to land on your feet. Wow, that was something off of like a motivational poster or a fortune cookie. That belonged in like Iron Man 3 with the Mandarin or the Mandalorian or whatever the hell his name was. I like how you combined Iron Man 3 and Star Wars just now. That was yes, good. that's what I do. I can't I can't divorce the two. Mandarin, we got the Mandalor- the Mandalorian. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> All right, and uh, if you enjoyed this episode, we have tons of other MCU episodes. Definitely check those out. Please subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't yet, where I post the episode, just the episode. There's no video content, but subscribe anyway because I need we need subscribers. And, and they're, we also they're not episodes. the movies. No, people think they are. <laughs> they're not the movies. And people will download the well, people will go and view the Hulk episode and give me a thumbs down because I did not post the movie. I posted a podcast episode and they're upset. But it says podcast in the title. If you can't figure that out. I can't help you. And the Hulk movie is on YouTube as the time of this recording. Is it still there? Who knows? But it was there. I found it. It's terrible quality, but it's there. I couldn't believe when I found it. But all right, enough of that. So if you enjoyed this, go check those out. We do game episodes every week. We do comic episodes sometimes. Definitely check all those out, too. We have tons of different episodes that if you enjoy, we'll keep you nice and busy. And hey, it only will take you a year, two years of listening to episodes every day to get caught up with the show at this point. Ask what my friend did it. It can happen. It helped you yeah, have a driving job, but, but he did it. Yeah, what's cool about the show, though, is you it's all game episodes, so you can just pick and choose the ones you want to listen to, and if there's some that you have no connection to, or you just don't. But yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's neat to listen to Mike and Michael and a rotating cast of characters chat about um, the games that they dig, which is cool. It definitely is a rotating cast of characters, that's for sure. <laughs> And if you enjoy, so definitely check out. We are anywhere you get your podcast. Definitely go check out Bill's podcast that hasn't been created yet, but will be created by the time you hear this. Yes, so it know. will. Now it's in radio. You can't take it back. That's it. It's in. It's exactly. I can't take it back, take it back, it back, back now. Right. Michael. Uh, even if he so, definitely check him out. And please give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, aka Mike Stoney from ZP Bite the Bullets, talking to Cool Kid Squad. Definitely give him a listen and subscribe to his YouTube channel too. And I follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And I think that's all I need to say tonight. We will see you guys all next week. And somehow this two hour episode is almost three hours. <laughs> so hey, like editing. I told myself, yeah, this will only be a two hour episode. Yeah, I thought that too. Yeah, but it's us. All right, we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye bye.